Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight, the quarantined boys congregate via the magic of live video for the very first time, so, regrettably, there's nobody at the table to stop Cade from chugging the whole damn boot of remembrance all by himself. Damn you, Kenny Rogers, why'd you have to kick the bucket this week of all weeks? As far as TNCC business is concerned, our favorite crew of lovable numbnuts will be drinking beers, imagine that, smoking the BOTL cigar from Drew Estate, and talking their way through the 1983 apocalyptic cinematic treasure that is Warriors of the Wasteland. What? Too soon? Well, anywho, it sounds like we're in store for one hell of a good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Damn you, Kenny Rogers. Before Tuck can hear us, let's be sure when we're talking about Cigar Safari, leave out all the stuff about the endless, delicious tone of beers Pedro was always handing us, the uh, never-ending supply of Florida Cana rum we were offered 24-7 and accepted, and definitely don't bring up that there were Drew Estate cigars everywhere we looked, and we could smoke any and all of them, and we did whenever we wanted. I just don't think, given everything going on that's going on right now, poor Tug could handle it. You cool with that? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't handle it either. There were so many cigars. I was just throwing them away. It was ridiculous. It was just, I, just, there is a such thing as too much of a good thing. And I, I just, Tut's already bummed out. He couldn't go. I, I just, let's, let's keep that on the download between us. Okay. Um, I, I can hear you. I, I can hear you. I hear everything you're saying. Right now? Yes, right now. We're recording? Yes. Huh. Oh, hold up. Here we go. <clears throat> Howdy, partners. I'm country western music superstar Trace Atkins speaking on behalf of my friends at the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. We know all of you at home are experiencing rather tough times these days thanks to this pandemic. 
And I, for one, am going to make the most out of a bad situation and enjoy the ever-loving mess out of tonight's live program. You see, folks, when my buddies are putting in a long 10-hour shift on the job set, there's no other podcast they trust to deliver the laughs, deliver the entertainment, and deliver the expert knowledge that the TNCC boys bring to the table week after week. So when you're looking for a good time around the campfire, take it from me, country western music superstar Trace Atkins. The Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast is as reliable as a cheesecloth condom. Good night, hug your loved ones tight, and God bless America. You, you, you know, uh, little see. opening from our, our buddy uh, Trace Atkins. No, you know that they can see you read that. Who, oh, like we're live on camera now too. Yeah, t- yeah. Yeah. So you're, oh. So, so you're saying basically, Trace Country Western Music Superstar Trace Atkins looks just like me. I haven't seen him since the quarantine started. <laughs> Changes a <the> man. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what? This is all new to us. We'll we'll figure it out. Um. There's probably some technical glitches we'll clean up there in the in the first couple of minutes. Uh, well, welcome everybody to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club episode 112. Is that right? 112. Yeah, 112. Yes. Uh, and we are still alive. We're alive. Barely. We're alive, and we're still alive. Wait, so it's coughing. Got it. I saw him. He's coughing. I saw him no. there. No. No. Uh, luckily, we've got about I don't know, 45 miles between us here. Uh, folks, this is our first show in five years where we're not together in the corner of no hope, which that has taken on a whole new context uh, in and of itself. But uh, yeah, we're all spread out. We can't, we can't get together anymore. Uh, so I am here in the corner of no hope by myself. Uh, I might have some other guests uh, I'll have dropped by here in a little bit, surprise you with. There might be some other people in here with me, boys. What? Maybe. Keep you on your toes. Uh, Yak Boy, you are, of course, uh, in downtown historic Temple, Texas at O'Brien's Irish Pub. Yes. You were, you were in the, the uh, secret level of O'Brien's. As I am you- in the secret level. I won't tell you where that is because it's secret. You guys have been shut down by the government for, for quite some time now. The government. Government. With, with, with good reason this time. Well, yes. Yes. yes, yes good reason. Every time they shut you down. This time. But it's that was good. Uh, but yeah, they actually, uh, we haven't seen, we haven't had a show or, or uh, talked to anybody since St. Paddy's Day with all this nonsense going on. Uh, your big St. Paddy's Day celebration, your biggest day at the pub every year kind of got a uh, wet uh, bucket of wet water thrown on it. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, unfortunately. Luckily, I mean, here, you know, we didn't uh, didn't have, you know, like most every place else, they did the citywide closure. That didn't occur until the day after. So luckily we got to have a little bit of something before the everything got shut down. So, I mean, at least we what are you going to do after? What are you going to do with all those kegs of Guinness? Hmm? I'm probably going to drink them all. Yeah, you'll probably drink them all yourself. So, yes. What about all the bangers and mash you guys made for that big party? You got like a thousand pounds of mashed potatoes. I know a guy when this is all over. <laughs> a cleaner, if you will. Uh, 
And he happens to work for Guinness and Green. How, God, how much green beer do you have left? <laughs> oh, I'm going to just not run out of green beer for a long time. Okay. Oh, man. No, I didn't even think about that. Hey, boy, can you speak up just a little bit? Just a little bit? Yeah. Just kind of lean forward as we're getting the kinks out. I can hear you, but just maybe a little bit, a little bit louder. Um, well, that sucks. Uh, I'm sorry that St. Patty's Day got, I mean, in the scheme of things, there'll be another one next year and everything will, will uh, be right. How are you guys doing? It closes down next year. Yeah. Uh, they've already canceled next year. It's not happening. Oh, geez. I think that was a little uh, precipitous, maybe on your part. Uh, it's aggressive. I, uh, Tut, you, uh, your your college, your college kid again. You, uh, your classes are what now all online? And... Yeah, they're all online, except for my history professor. He was like, "Eh, all this crap's in my head. Here's my notes. Go with God." That's it, huh? Yeah, everybody else is like, "All right, we're gonna try to do our best," and he's just like, "No, oh, fuck that." Uh, and of course, Tut is coming to us right on the outskirts of Austin, Texas. So we're all kind of spread out here a little bit. Um, well, considering that we're here in the thick of the apocalypse, according to the lamestream media, uh, would you guys mind calling me Mad Matt for the rest of the night? Not going to happen. No. Yeah. Uh, nope. Okay. Moving on. Um, another bad news. And we, have, we haven't done a show in forever, and it's just all <laughs> bad news. Um, we had a death in the entertainment world since our last show, and I was surprised to get a a text from Yak Boy uh, asking if we were going to fill up the Buddha Remembrance because I I didn't see this one coming. Uh, not his death, but a request to fill the boot form. And as you guys know, uh, every time a, a cultural figure that has some kind of significance in our lives uh, passes away, we fill up the Buddha Remembrance. If you need uh, more info on that, there's a video on our YouTube page that that accurately uh, captures the process. Pretty well. Um, but yeah, yeah, boy texted me about Kenny Rogers dying and asked me if we were going to fill the boot. And it's a democratic process here at TNCC. Uh, it takes a majority of votes to uh, get the boot filled. And uh, I threw it Tut's way. I, I voted no. I mean, he had a few good songs, but you know, what the hell? I'm not, not going to, I'm not going to chug a beer all by myself for him. Because now, nowadays, it's just me here. So, uh, Tut gave it a thumbs up. He's a Kenny fan. Yeah, yeah, I am. I found out later that everybody after the fact though, I found out Tut thought it was Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and he's still he's still all right. He's still all right, although nobody's worried about him. Nobody's worried about him. Nobody's worried about him. Uh no, it is Kenny Rogers. And since I really didn't give two shits either way about Kenny Rogers, I I usually do the obituaries, uh, but yeah, so I'll give you 30 seconds. Tell us about Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Anyway, you Kenny... know what? That, 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 that's disrespectful. It, he had a long career. He touched a lot of people's lives. I'll give you 45 oh, Six decades. Five seconds. Six decades of making music, making people happy. You can't even be, don't even want to hear about it. You know what? Six, <laughs> give six, up. Six, six decades is a pretty good run. Yes. Yeah, it's good. It's a good time. Yeah. Born Kenneth Donald Rogers, August twenty first, nineteen thirty eight. Oh, he's really old. Eighties. 
mean, he, I mean, you know, and he started playing in, in uh, he was from, uh, born in Houston, started playing there, uh, late 50s. I mean, ever since then, he went on, I mean, several other bands, uh, you know, jazz, stuff like that. But then get into the 70s. And just after the band he was playing with, uh, you know, his, his first kind of big hit was uh, Ruby, Don't Take Your Guns to Town. Don't Take Your Guns to Town. My favorite Kenny Rogers song, which was actually written by Mel Tillis. See, yeah. how, can you, how can you be against him for that? Dude, it, what's it, it, the reason I love it is just the most despondent. It's about a crippled Vietnam vet who watches his, his lady friend go out and, and screw other dudes every night. And he's finally going to he's finally going to end it with a bullet. I mean, yikes. Phyllis didn't play. Well, that, but after that, that here, you know, late 70s, he started, he went off onto his solo career and, you know, immediately off the bat i mean magic happened his most famous song in my opinion the gambler he knew when to fold them he did he did indeed because he? he did a, he did a lot of plastic surgery trying to make this train ride last a lot longer than he than it was yeah cool. but but right but before that, or later he, year, but got out of here all right the, old, the older stars they've got their their vanity if you will they're going to keep pumping in that Botox and take a couple of chemical pills. And I've had 23 chemical pills, by the way. You're going to pretend really? I'm only 50. You're, you're really not. You live a hard life. I would have said 20 tops, Ted. <laughs> I'm actually 19 years old. Oh, God. I'm going to spit out my beard. <laughs> um, and, and what was it about Kenny? To, I'll end it with this, Yaks, before I, I finish the ceremony. What was it about Kenny that touched you where you were like, we got to fill the boot for this guy? I mean, I mean, just because he was always there, he's just for 60 years, you know, obviously we're not 60 years old. For your entire life, basically, he was around. Well, yeah, but I mean, just the, the music, I mean, think about it. Besides that, I mean, his, his duets, his, you know, Dolly Parton Islands in the stream, I mean, all that, it just... It's a good song. You hear it? Running through it's my hair good. like a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Yeah. He's not here where we can throw shit at him. That's right. <laughs> Off the uh, hook. Okay. Well, um, oh. I'm going to give this boot an asterisk. To me, this is more like a participation boot. Thanks for being here, Kenny. That's not, that's not right. Kenny, Kenny was like an icon for three decades. You got to give it up to the dude, man. A lot here. Here's a fun fact for you. His feet were actually unusually small. This was the size of one of Kenny Rogers cowboy boots. All right. Well, as you folks who have been watching this madness for five years know, in order to, now that I've poured this Shiner, uh, light blonde. I always try to go with something a little uh, easy for these things, but especially tonight when I can't pass this fucking thing around to you guys. Uh, Kenny's soul, Kenny Rogers' soul, and Kenny Loggins' soul is are now trapped in the remembrance. <laughs> and uh, I you gotta set them free. You gotta set them free. 
in order to release them through from purgatory, I must now chug the boot of remembrance. We've been doing this for many, many years. Stop doing it. Shut up, liver. Uh, and now, Kenny, this is for you. Oh my God, he's doing it, he's doing it. This might take a while if you guys want to talk about something else. <laughs> so basically, uh, my favorite Kenny uh, Loggins, I mean, uh, Roger's story was uh, the one that our, our friend Fritz Beer tells us where a friend of Fritz was a uh, studio recorder and or a studio engineer. And they, Kenny Rogers was scheduled to come in. And uh, here comes Kenny Rogers jumping bebop and apparently he had like a tennis match or a tennis lesson like that day and so he comes he comes in completely with the the white tidy tight shorts the this is like 70s 80s so they're right up against the kenny kenny rogers butt cheeks if you will and then he's got the tight tennis shirt with the wristbands and even the uh, the white uh, tennis headband and uh so he goes in there lays the track lays the track one time and then turns around, starts headed out the door, and the engineer's like, or the producer's like, Kenny, man, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, why don't we try another take? And what, you know, we, this time we'll try. And Kenny just looked at him with this tennis racket in his hand and goes, it's in there. And just kept on walking. It's in there. The fact that he sang the song while holding the tennis racket. <laughs> that, that is amazing. I don't know if he flipped it around and did like a guitar, you know, kind of thing with it, or I don't think so. I think if maybe he just kind of practiced his swing, he was so just carefree about the whole re recording process. But uh, just the fact, one take, and you know, back in those days, the studio space was really expensive. Oh yeah. But just the fact, you know, uh, Kenny, can we get one, a second take that's in there? Boom, off to tennis lesson. Uh, yeah, I knew that's why you voted for the boot, just so to tell that's that That's basically it. <laughs> uh, well, he, is, he has been released. The boot is empty. Adios, Kenny. Adios, Kenny. You knew when to fold him. It was a good run. You think when we get to heaven, he's going to punch me in the nose and be like, participation boot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not going to heaven. Uh, <laughs> He was in that movie Six Pack too. That's right. He was. I like Six Packs. Well, they, they had made the the Gambler into a movie in 1980. The Gambler with Kenny Rogers is basically what it was called. Of course, that led on to other films from in the same thing. But you know, the the less said about that, the better. <laughs> uh, was Six Pack the one where he was dressed up as a chicken? Nah, anyway. Yeah, uh, let's let's. I'm done with Kenny. It's been, it's over with. He's gone. By the way, Steve Finley on Facebook likes the name Mad Matt, and uh, Rev Java wants to help eat the mushrooms, the fried mushrooms. Uh, I guess that O'Brien's from uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's, yeah, that's bad. He's been to the pubs. Why is like mushrooms? <laughs> mushrooms. What did we? What you guys talk about while I was drinking that boot? And, uh, <laughs> Steven, what is up, my friend? Um, thank you. I like Mad Matt, too. And, uh, and Rev, it's good to hear from you. 
I also see uh, old friend Joe Abercrombie saying Waylon Jennings had a better version of Ruby. Never heard it. Hmm. But I'm gonna go ahead and side with Joe on this one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've heard it. Um, okay. Uh, do you think Waylon Jennings ever took tennis lessons? Doubt it. No. 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 Uh, well, well, guys. Uh, before we have one more matter of business. Those were all bad things. Death and plague and viruses and everything. We do have one bit of good news um, to share with the world. Uh, before the world went tits up crazy, at the beginning of uh, last week, and uh, or really the first week, of, first week of March, Yag Boy and I traveled down to Esteli, Nicaragua. Uh, we were guests of Drew Estate, and we experienced their cigar safari. And I couldn't let this show roll out. We are going to be featuring a Drew Estate cigar this evening. Um, and I just had to take a few minutes to express one, our thank you to Jonathan Drew, to Joe Grow, to Ryan, Pedro, uh, Henry, everyone um, who made this experience. And I'm sorry, Todd, you, you were invited. You, because of school, you couldn't go. So you're just gonna have to put a mouthpiece in your mouth and just crunch down as hard as you can while I talk about some of this, but. No, oh, it's, 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 wait, hang on, it's great, it's great. Drink. <laughs> it is, you know what, let's fill up the boot for Tut's hopes and dreams. Let's do that. You know what, <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh, wait, the can's <laughs> empty. Um, it is not only the cigar experience of a lifetime, ladies and gentlemen, it is a cultural experience of a lifetime as well. Um, we spent basically three days and give or take, um, you immediately from the time you get there to the time you get uh, taken back to the airport are in the best hands in the world as far as the, the crew at, at Drew Estate. You're welcomed by Pedro Gomez, the man uh, with an ice cold tone of beer and a handful of cigars at the airport, which you are fully encouraged to smoke and drink your way all the way to a really nice steakhouse in Managua for lunch. Uh, this was Sunday when we arrived after some Florida Cana rum and steaks. And uh, what was that dessert we had, Yaks? Tres leches? Yeah, the tres leches cake. Oh, oh. man. Could I have more of that, please? Oh, tres leches uh, is beautiful. You're, you take this, it was about a three hour, that, that Sunday took us about, what, about three hours, Yaks, to get from Managua to Esteli? Yeah, easily. And we were really blessed because in the, uh, uh, not a van, a little bus uh, that uh, took us with, along with Pedro was a new member of the Drew Estate staff, uh, Francisco, who oh, yeah. was with us the whole trip, but he was actually a history teacher in Esteli. And so the entire three hour drive, he gave us pointing out, uh, you know, in, in Managua, pointing out cultural landmarks. The whole way there, every little village we went through, he would give us some kind of background um, on what had happened there and their significance. It was just the best 
case scenario as far as you know Francisco being there because we learned about the entire history of the country. And this this dude knew more about American history than most Americans. Like he referenced. He really stuff. did. I mean, he started <laughs> telling us stuff, and we're like, "Oh, really?" No, I no, I played. Oh, it that's off. our country. Like, he's, he's like, and you know the story of when uh, you know President Taft did this, this. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> we were just well, talking about that the other day. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just awesome. So then you get there, you have some dinner, which the food. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into it because. Uh, basically, Drew State has an on-site chef that cooks you uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, followed by dessert. After every meal, uh, Pedro hands you a, a cigar, a unique, uh, you know, hard-to-find cigar that goes with that meal. And then you retire to the cigar safari, either the upper level or the bottom level decks, where uh, we were in a group of what? Yeah, it's about 12, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, mix of Drew State reps from the United States and their customers, uh, retail retailers, brick and mortar owners, um, and some just consumers came. Um, it was just a great mix of people for three days. When you left, you really felt like you were all, um, you know, you kind of had this bond from experiences together. So you stay up forever, drinking, um, smoking, there's cigars everywhere, there's, there's Florida Cana, there's, there's beer. Then the next day, I woke up, I believe, uh, went on a tour of Esteli, went to the History Museum, got to learn a lot about Nicaraguan history. And then um, later that day, we went to Hoya de Nicaragua, uh, which I was so excited to go to, one of my favorite cigar manufacturers, who, of course, are our partners and distributed by Drew Estate. That was amazing. Uh, Mario there gave us just an insane tour it's the oldest factory in nicaragua it is the nicaraguan cigar um i'll, I'll spare you the you know we have a lot of non-cigar folks here so i'm gonna spare you a lot of it but it was an education you could go on this hick point in nicaragua tour five times and still not catch everything mario was filling us in on it was just that intensive at the end of it we got to blend our own cigar uh sample sampling leaves uh and from that we made our own custom blends uh, we got to bring home that night, partied our faces off again. And then, oh, yeah, I think we also went to Subculture Studios there at Drew State that day. Got to see them and all the, they do all the artwork, uh, the graffiti artwork you see all over the factories. They do all the box art for the packaging. They make all the box, boxes that you see uh, your cigars come in. I didn't realize they did that. That was impressive. I, I had to walk around and have, Yaks hold my hands to my sides because literally the boxes are stacked 50 back. I mean, if, if I just moved one way or not, I mean, it was just an accident waiting to happen. But uh, that was awesome. Our old friend Henry is running that now, doing an awesome job. And next day was 100% Drew Estate Factory, um, our second to last day. And it honestly, it could have lasted a week and we probably didn't see every corner of that place. It was the largest wonderland i've ever uh, set foot into and you don't have to be small to be craft you don't have to be uh, a, you know a tiny number of employees to be boutique i mean these people take what they do so seriously at every stage of the game and they've just over the years perfected this chain of making some of the best premium cigars in the world and it was amazing to watch that process and to hear from Pedro, the best tour guide in the world, how that evolved over the years, 
how these steps weren't there a few years ago and how this made it more efficient and to watch it all just kind of happen. Whereas we in Nicaragua was, we thought that was a pretty big factory and pretty rocking. You, the oh, minute yeah. you walk into Drew Estate, it's just like, holy shit, that's a lot of people rolling cigars. And there's so much more to it. Oh, and I miss, we also went to a, actually out in the tobacco fields that first day. I forgot about that yet. Yeah. Saw from seed to, to, to harvest the, that aspect of it. Hey, Mike Morgan, man. Hey, nice big Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, and by the way, uh, Rev's asking, like, how's the coffee? I guess that uh, was great down there, too. The coffee was pretty damn good there, yeah. Uh, yeah. The hot sauce was, yeah. they, had, they had this one hot sauce that was just amazing. I still haven't found it for a reasonable price here in the States, but I, I, I put it on everything. Uh, and you always feel bad doing that in front of the, the chef, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I, I'm so glad that you guys got to go. If nothing else, uh, I, I like my hat. I mean, I got a hat. That was pretty cool. Hey, Tud is. And literally, I I got a T-shirt. I've already, I've already made it. I've already made it mine. I cut the sleeves out. Oh God, he did cut the sleeves. Uh, I thought you were just rolling them up, man. You're you're hardcore. Uh, it's a great hat. It's a great. It actually, is a good hat um that i i uh and i don't know if you can see it right here we got a custom piece of artwork from subculture studios they actually painted the tncc crew you know what i'm gonna yeah that's pretty cool i'm not gonna take it off i'll never get it back up <laughs> but uh they're just an extraordinary the whole culture is is drenched in art I, I really loved, uh, if, if you follow our Instagram feed, which I hope you do, uh, uh, I saved the it's story. beautiful. Uh, the art there was just everywhere, and it was just so good. I'm, I'm really thankful that you posted all that stuff. I actually uh, saved, if you go to our Instagram, I saved our stories. Uh, that, our Nicaragua trip, it's, a, it's a, a saved story. You can go there and just watch three days in pictures and video um it, it is it's trenching art i brought home a few pieces of art that i bought when we went into the village into esteli uh i found a couple things to bring home to the house I, I was able to get some really cool things for my girls um it's just it's a really wonderful place i see why one i see why jd was attracted to it and and fell in love with the the culture and the people there uh because i if i had stayed more than Three and a half days. I might be on my way. You guys might be. Uh, there might be a big blank. Well, I guess I could do the show from Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, as long as you got an internet connection, we'll make it happen. They'd, they'd be like, "Dude, the safari's over. Get the fuck out of here, man." No, no, no. <laughs> uh, not going anywhere. But you know what? I, I I've seen some other dudes' reports from going. It's all the same. They know, you just don't want to leave. <laughs> uh, it's it's basically getting a golden ticket to to Willy Wonka's cigar cigar factory, but thank you so much, everybody. Drew State, uh, we didn't oversell it. If anything, I undersold it because I had to rush it here. And you know what? Even if you're not a big cigar nut, even if you just want to spend some money to be taken care of and experience a side of uh, you know a side of life that you'd want to learn more about cigars, and in the meantime, learn a shitload about a different culture and country. Whenever they open up the Cigar Safari dates, jump on it and book it. I cannot recommend it enough. And literally, if it was like a week later, 
uh, we wouldn't have been able to go. So we, we really yeah. stuck in yeah. there just at the right time. Um, do you know who is a cigar guy? Who? This guy. And this guy wants to fire this up. Well, maybe I should introduce tonight's cigar. How's that for oh, a segue? Oh, that would be great. How's that for a segue? And it's a Drew State cigar. What? Every- it's almost like you planned this. Uh, what do we do every episode, Yax? We hopefully have a delicious premium cigar paired with a hopefully delicious craft beer and paired with as well a hopefully wonderful film. Hopefully being the key word there a lot. Hopefully. Uh, Our cigar tonight, folks, is the Brother of the Leaf, the BOTL by Drew Estate. We are smoking the 6x46 Corona Gorda. It is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper with Ecuadorian Connecticut binder, Nicaraguan filler. I will say price point. I'll just tell you the price point tonight. Tonight, we're going to kind of do things a little different. We're doing it live. And um, to be honest, I don't know if, we'll, if I'll remember to come back to it. No, no. I'm gonna leave Something shouldn't be messed with. I'll, I'll say price point. BOTL.org was one of the very first online gathering places for cigar enthusiasts, a.k.a. Brothers of the Leaf. And back in 2012 and 13, Drew Estate created a special cigar in honor of the website and its members. Uh, While those releases were exclusive to a single retailer, this new version is being made available to brick and mortar Drew Diplomat retailers nationwide. Uh, Here's what Drew Estate's founder, uh, Jonathan Drew, had to say via press release. This project occupies a special place in our hearts at Drew Estate. Not only were we very active members on the BOTL forum since the beginning, but we were very involved with promoting it so this so that cigar heads worldwide could participate and connect. This is definitely a passion project that we dedicate to the great members who've been so good for the culture. And I can attest to that. Back around 2010-11, uh, when I first really started getting heavy into the culture, I remember getting on uh, BOTL.org and seeing JD comment and post and being an active member on there. It was kind of the place before things exploded on social media with all the, you know, the clicks and the, the different cigar groups. That was kind of the, one of the big go, go-to places there was. Um, so I'm very excited. I think there's three sizes released to this, but like I said, we are smoking the Corona Gorda. You get anything on that cold draw, Tut? Um, there's a little hint of raisin in there. Little sweet raisin. You know I love my sweet raisins, and it's almost like a little chocolate sweet raisin too. It's like a hint of cocoa. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the chocolate on that. This that is. Hey, I just realized the number my, one thing that I did. I just realized my nails go with my shirt. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of sweet raisins. <laughs> I am, I am getting a, a, a definite, uh, really kind of rich sweetness on the, uh, I'm a dad of, of daughters stuck in the house. <laughs> go. Okay, that explains it. I just thought uh, you were just having a good time. Well, you know, uh, I've been known to have a good time. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting a, a, a kind of a, a rich sweetness on the, on the cold draw. And See you, Mike. Big Mike's out. 
uh, yeah, a little bit of hay on the on the wrapper, and uh, it's a very smooth wrapper to the touch. Though, let's I'm I'm gonna light it up. Yak boy, you already lit up. I'm working on it. When you're done, how about you tell us what we're drinking tonight? As uh, folks, usually for five years, we've all drank the same thing because we've all been sitting here together. Desperate times call for changes, of course, in action if you want to stay active. So we're all drinking different shit tonight. Um, I, well, Tut, you're drinking the weird, the obscure stuff tonight. Um, Cody, tell me a little bit about what I'm drinking tonight. You are drinking the Sierra Nevada Hot Torpedo IPA. It is, which we is, have actually done on the show before. Yeah, that was, that was what I was going to ask. Er, early, like top episode early, two. Episode up the creek. Up the creek. <laughs> my which, favorite. My favorite. Which those guys fired a torpedo. Remember the torpedo the guys fired at their... They did at their... indeed fire a torpedo yeah. to take out our lovable heroes. Mm -hmm. So the uh, the hop torpedo, of course, like I just said, made by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Uh, they are the... Uh, started way back in 1979. Started putting out their first beer uh, in 1980. They... Uh, 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 Started in uh, Chico, California, by a gentleman by the name of Ken Grossman. Uh, it Where's has Chico? Grown, I don't know where Chico is. It's in California. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, where, that's where our voiceover uh, extraordinaire, Keith A. Howe, uh, lived in Chico for, he just moved about a year ago. Uh, he lived there for the last at least dozen plus years. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, t t uh, he, he lived right not far from Sierra Nevada. So, so uh, Sierra Nevada, of course, they have been producing uh, most notably the, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, that was one of their number one sellers and still is. Uh, they've grown leaps and bounds over the years. They are the, uh, here a few years ago, they were the seventh largest uh, craft brewer in the country. And they are the largest privately owned craft brewer in the nation. So uh, the, the torpedo itself uh, on its stats, it's 7.2% uh, ABV and about 65 IBUs. So not, not overly bitter, but you know. It... Whatever, they, whatever they did with that hop cone uh, torpedo-ness, uh, it's good. It's a... Uh... It's a very good beer, and I remembered it being good. I haven't had it actually since episode two, which was you know five years ago. But uh, yeah. it's very, very good. And and no, it's not overly burn your taste buds bitter, which it should that should uh, suit the cigar well this evening. Um, speaking of which, before we move on to Tut's beer, uh, first impressions here, guys. I'm getting a really nice oak and chocolate on the draw. Um, there, there's a, there's a, a slight pepper on the nose, nothing crazy. Smoke production is beautiful. I don't know if you can see it on this little, you know, 
webcam here, but uh, the, the smoke is just pouring off of this thing. Uh, great draw, and it's it's far too soon to tell what this is going to be. But you enjoying it, Tim? Yeah, and I th I think you're pretty much you know rocking it on that description. Uh, there is a slight pepper on the nose. I think I'm getting a little bit more pepper than you are, because to me I'm 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 saying it's like a medium pepper. Uh, or it could be mixing with the seed, but there's a lot of cedar coming across that palate. Uh, yeah, I was expecting a little bit, you know, a little bit more chocolate coming off of that with the uh, with that cold draw being so chocolatey. But uh, yeah, that cedar just kind of stepped up and just it's not cedar, main, main it's deal. Not cedar, it's oak. Mm. I'm, I'm getting a little cedar. You're experiencing oak. <laughs> That's cedar. I've heard it both ways. Hey. His rods and cones are off, Yak Boy. What's he drinking? That's two. His, uh, wait, which one? Ah, the old man, yes. From uh, Red Horn Brewing, they're in Cedar Park, Texas, uh, which is actually, it's the Red Horn uh, Coffee House Coffee. and Brewery. So That's they, right. They do, besides making apparently many delicious beers, they also have many delicious coffees and they make other sundries delicious foods. coffee delicious coffees but he's been, doing Tut took me there once it's very good no i um red horn is a uh, been there i think now for about five six years they've been open and and brewing uh the old man strength triple is what he's drinking right now uh and it's a little bit of a powerhouse it's 10 percent uh ABV and it's pretty low. It's about 2930 IBU, so it shouldn't be much overly no, bitter. No, it's but not. They, uh, you know, being a triple, it, it it is should be incredibly flavorful. They give the notes that it should have a lot of a uh, like uh, a lemon citrus and coriander flavors. Uh, it actually doesn't really match that description, to be honest. Uh, huh. I, and to be and to be what totally honest. Know? To be totally honest, you're the first time that you're the first time I've ever heard the description of it. Uh, but yeah, that coriander is not really there. This the floral note. It's not like a Don to Do triple where it's just you know explode like the rip torn of of just or whatever <laughs> the news, just throwing out confetti everywhere. Flavors, flavors. Uh, it's not like that. But I I really like it. It is a it is an adult beverage. It just it tastes good. It tastes adulty. Now you're going to do another beer as well. Yeah. Do you want me to introduce that now or do you want to let me know when you're going to do it? Uh, got, I'll let you know when I'm going to do it. It's got notes of adults. <laughs> it's just full. It's like an adult sitting in a bathtub soaking in it. I'm adulting so hard. <clears throat> that is the weirdest description of anything I've ever heard. Okay. Uh, it smells I, like old man. I ever find myself not really in the mood for coriander or spices, but I just want to drink an adult. I'll head over to Redhorn Coffee and Brew. That's right. There's just, just some guy in the corner there in a tub just bathing like, hey, want some of this? No. I get paid good money for that. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink. I, I poured the rest of the shiner in here. I'm going to drink this to touch chances of ever being let back into Redhorn. <laughs> They'll let me back in. They just won't let me describe anything. But it's good, you said. Oh, it's very good. I'm sorry, Redhorn. They makes fabulous beers. Uh, I, I'm. There's only been one 
beer in there. They did a Mexican lager that just wasn't, and it's not that it wasn't bad. It just wasn't up to my vision of what a Mexican lager is. But I love the fact that they, you know, they they swing for the fences and some stuff. And I really like that. They make some really good beers and great uh, coffee. I had quite a few really good beers that night because it is located right next to Tut's hometown tobacconist, uh, Smoker's Abbey. Smoker's Abbey. You can literally get a beer from Red Horn, walk over to Smoker's Abbey, and you're all set. Um, give them a little shout out. Uh, Yak Boy, what are you drinking? Well, I decided to do a little bit extra and decided to find a beer that would match our movie. What? Oh, yeah. I am drinking the Weekend Warrior Pale Ale. <laughs> uh, folks, some of you watching this live, um, our movie tonight has an alternate title. It is known as Warriors of the Wasteland. And half the world saw it as that. The other half saw it as the New Barbarians, which is what you'll see it on Amazon Prime. But it is, to me, and will always be the much better title, Warriors of the Wastelands. Weekend Warrior, tell us about it. Weekend Warrior Pillow, made by Carbach Brewing out of Houston, Texas. They're the seller. Uh, Carbach has been uh, in business brewing up beer since 2011. Uh, they are one of the largest uh, craft brewers in the state. This one uh, has a 5.5% ABV and around 45 IBUs. So it, it's, it's medium. It is a pale ale. I'll, I'll attribute that. It's, it's pretty tasty. And uh, I would almost classify it as, as light. So, but uh, they, they give the description of a soft caramel malt flavor with bright citrus. We'll you know find what? out. You know, it's not light yet. Carbox's bank account after they sold out. That they did. I thought we said we were never going to do a Carbox beer on the show. Well, I decided after I saw the name, I was like, I got to go with it. These are desperate times. And let's be honest, if we got a big ass check in front of I was of about to say, I would, I'd be wearing a big Budweiser shirt. I mean, Budweiser wants to buy the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. Wait, excuse me. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful tobacco shirt there, Dutt. Yeah, that car back, that's just full of crap. I mean, uh, just... you are just crazy talking. Okay, well, uh, sounds like we're all drinking something vastly different from the others, uh, which is, I think, a good thing. Hey, you know what? It's... It's diff everything's different um, now, but uh, whether we like it or not, we got to soldier forward. Adapt or die. Man, I'm still getting up for some reason. I think I'm getting like a bit of pepper on the back of that palate. Also on the retro hail, about like a mid, almost like a, the first third of that retro hail. There's a touch of gram in there. I'm getting pepper and mineral on the on the retro and that woodsiness and uh, the chocolate on the drop. This is a tasty cigar. It it's not like it's not like the normal like. Ooh, this is a Nicaraguan cigar. Well, it's not. I'm trying to. You know what? It might be too early to say that as far as comparing it to another. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't yeah, have, we're barely just a third in. I don't have the. I don't have the virus. It was just this one sneeze. Um, well, let's. I'm going to give you boys a little bit of time to smoke. Keep mental notes, as always, on what you're experiencing. And 
let's dive into the third component of what we do here, fellas. The film. All right. Warriors of the Wasteland, AKA the New Barbarians, 1983. There's a lot of directions I could have gone tonight. The apocalyptic film genre is vast to say the least, but I didn't want to go straight doom and gloom as there's plenty of that particular strain of bullshit all over the news and social media these days. So I went in a different, more obscure direction. And here we are. And you two are better for it, aren't you? Yeah. Don't answer that. Directed by the highly prolific Enzo Castellari, who really made a name for himself in the world of Italian spaghetti westerns back in the late 60s and 70s. Uh, such titles as A Few Dollars for Django, One Dollar Too Many, and my personal favorite Western title of all time. You ready for this one? Yes. Kill, them, kill Them All and Come Back Alone. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome, actually. That's a great title. <laughs> and many, many more. He also directed the original Inglorious Bastards, mm. inspired Tarantino's film, obviously, back in 1978. The amazingly indescribable Jaws ripoff, The Last Shark, in 81, which the doctor wrote a great write-up on, go over to the TNCC website to read that. One of the best, if not the best, Jaws ripoffs when there was one coming out every week. Uh, that was one every week and then two every week out of Italy. <laughs> and then in 82, he directed a trilogy of apocalyptic films starting with uh, 1990, The Bronx Warriors, followed by Warriors of the Wasteland. And then he wrapped things up with Escape from the Bronx. Uh, but we'll just jump right in the middle of that trilogy. Not Escape from New York, Escape from the Bronx. Followed <laughs> up in... by Escape from Brooklyn. I'm going to jump right in the middle with uh, Wars of the Wasteland, and something tells me we're going to be just fine. Uh, <laughs> let me, uh, I do need another beer here before we get into this. I have to wet my whistle. Did you guys watch this on, it's available two ways uh, to watch online. You can watch it on uh, Amazon as the New Barbarians, or you can watch it over on Tubi TV as Warriors of the Wasteland. How'd you guys watch it? I did it as uh, Amazon, the New Barbarians. It actually came up in a suggested video feed, thanks to this podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I watched it on Amazon as well. I did. It's just no commercials um, and, a, and a little bit easier, but I, I do watch quite a few things on Tubi TV. It's a nice streaming platform if you don't have an amazon is it yeah okay. well, just content wise they have a just a ton of stuff uh, it's like paid for is there a free deal or no no, no. there's no premium it's all free you just oh, have, okay you gotta watch like maybe four commercials a movie we did uh we did a movie on tubi not too long ago. i kind of remember that yeah amazon cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death yeah that wasn't uh, bad we watched that. I think it was like three commercials. I mean, and it's unedited. It's uncensored. You can, uh, you know, still see yeah. nudity and all that good stuff. All right. Are you boys ready? I guess. Let me turn on my heater. Yes. They yes, go. They go for it, Mad Matt. I'm not calling you that. I don't care how much Steve Finley likes it. I'm not calling you that. Stephen Finley is a saint and a very smart young man. The film kicks off with a ridiculously cheesy model of New York City as a bright nuclear missile drops from the sky 
and slowly covers the landscape with nuclear smoke and ash. It's very early Godzilla-like in its aesthetic, like the early Godzilla movies. I actually thought it was a painting of New York, a really bad painting of New York City until the missile came down and the smoke, and I realized it was actually a little miniature set. Yeah, I mean, it's some, it's some pretty, you know, pretty sweet shoe boxes they painted into buildings and, and <laughs> yeah. really, really yeah, enjoyed all, that. All the lights in the building are, are on. Uh, I'm okay with it all because it, it kicks off this title sequence, which is set to a thumping score by Claudio Simonetti. And the music here is just fucking badass. Yeah, Claudio Simonetti, you really know how to make a movie, yeah? I'm going to say a lot of names tonight. This sounds like we're talking about The Sopranos. Claudio Simonetti. <laughs> is, of course, the most famous uh, genre film, especially horror genre films, will know his name for his work with the band Goblin, who provided scores for classic films like Suspiria, Deep Red, Dawn of the Dead, Demons, and many, many. I've been a fan of this guy's music for uh, a lot of years, and I love this score. So I was okay with whatever cheesy visuals I had. It was a really good, really good synth score. Skip ahead after the credits, and it's now 2019, and the nuclear holocaust is over. So the flick basically takes place right now. It's, yeah, that's, I mean, we are, I'm, I'm just, when I leave, I'm probably going to just go out, and it's like going to actually look like what they're showing us right now. It's just, just you know, skeletons and burning, you know, burnout husks of vehicles. It's just weird, damn you, these prophetic filmmakers. 2019, they're like, yeah, that's when the Earth's going to go to shit. Blade, <laughs> Blade Runner was 2019, too. And yeah. Running, Running Man was close, 2017. 2017, I think. And, I mean, shit. A reality TV show host who has more power over the country. than I mean, stuff spooky. Yeah, a reality TV show host could never control the country. Crazy back in 87. Well, we join a group of survivors. Uh... Well, I, I do want to rewind real quick because as we're going through the opening, uh, as they pan across the hellish landscape and show us this, this world, I can't help but notice you see these skeletons lying around and you see these old cars and and buildings and then you know you're like well what kind of what what are, what are we looking for here in the future what are people going to be wearing and you see there's like people in like spacesuits except <laughs> you're like well uh, who who died in the spacesuit well, clearly it was a woman because not only did it have the <laughs> futuristic bubble for the head it had two globes for the breasts as well which i was like who designed that suit Hey, if we learned anything this year is that there is a difference between male spacesuits and female spacesuits. You know, the NASA female astronauts couldn't go, do a walk because they didn't have female spacesuits. And now we know. Oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't realize that. Time. Yeah, yeah. Is that nice to think? They should have gotten that, the spacesuits with the globes for the for the breasts. Is that what NASA's doing now? That's what NASA's doing now. Maybe we should I have that. Oh, All the way back in 1983, our Italian brethren already thought of the solution. The Italians knew this. They need they need room to breathe. Um, that that's science. Hey, we're doing a we're doing a spacesuit here. Oh, put a, put the fish bowls right there. Yeah. 
Um, Which also they, really gave me a lot of hope at the beginning of this film after I saw that, you know, bomb sequence. I'm like, oh God, what is this going to be? Wait a second. Are you, you thought, you thought, is someone going to be wearing that suit? You thought we were going to see some futuristic uh, boobies. Sorry. I'm just saying that the term Italian sleazo is so misleading. This, this, this technically, I think, falls outside the Italo uh, sleazo. Okay. Rep. Only because there were no Italo tatas. Um, we join a group of survivors then in their makeshift village, desperately trying to make radio contact with someone, anyone outside there. The old lady whispers to one of her, the younger survivors, I just wish things would go back to the way they were. They no do. Thing, you know how... She thinks it's hard. You know how hard it is to find a brand of decent queso in the grocery stores these days? She can't. She thinks she's suffering. The hoarders gobble it up. <laughs> Toilet paper, paper towels, queso. Come on. Only get what you need. How much queso can one family consume? Well, you haven't been to this family. Oh, did you take it all, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I got my H-E-B, Queso Diablo Although stacked. I, I will say this. I'd like to think that if the TNCC survived the Holocaust, we would probably have joined this group because their entire village was fortified the perimeter by empty beer kegs. Like 40 yeah, It was. It was crazy. That's, what I, that's really what I thought at first. I was like, man, look at them. They're, they got their little cars Everything's circled like old timey wagons. I'm like, look at these. Oh wait, is that 50 kegs on that truck? No, it's like it's like That's the amazing. native it's like the Native Americans who used to follow the buffalo around to to get their hide for to make their teepees. The this place would be following us around to get the kegs to make their forts. I'm just saying, if there's like a couple different groups of survivors, which one am I going to? Hey, Kate, uh, we'd like to fortify a new northern perimeter. Uh, can you help us with that? We need you. Call me in, coach. Two <laughs> keg stands all day long. We need you, TNCC. Really more surprised uh, that they weren't like, you know, more like, like the keg clan where like their clothes are all like incorporating parts of the keg. Keg armor, keg hats. Keg armors, yeah. Little party ball for biceps. Maybe Trump, maybe Trump should look at using empty beer kegs for his precious wall. All he'd have to do is go down to College Station. Or hire us. Or right, go down to College Station, Texas A&M after a big football weekend. There's got to be a gazillion behind the Kroger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I went to like a 15 keg party and it was a small one for A&M. And I was just like, oh my God. Well, I don't think we, I don't think the U.S. Department of Defense could afford the deposits. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. The, the A&M Kroger. Definitely not from the Circle K down there. Yeah. Uh, but just like that, <laughs> these four people are surrounded by Templar soldiers. Uh, they're wiped out with a barrage of Death Race 2000 futuristic cars, white shoulder pads, and laser guns, which they're going to pew, pew. They look exactly like our guns we have today, but they just make the pew, pew, pew laser gun sound. That old lady I mentioned who was wanting things to go back to the way they used to be, she gets zapped right in the face. One dude gets torched by a car's flamethrower 
and another poor bastard gets his head lopped off by a spinning razor propeller thing on the second in command of the Templar's Mako's vehicle. It's a nutso opening scene that ends with the Templar's king known simply as one. Hey, will you guys call me that? No. 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 He tears a Bible he finds on the ground in half. Which like, is strong. I mean, that's that's hard. I've done I mean, not it. that I've not that I've tried that. I've done it. I think that might be what have started all this mess with me. <laughs> uh, he says, "The world is dead. It raped itself, but I'll purify it with blood. No one is innocent. Only we, the Templars, are the ministers of revenge." Yeah, I know. Maybe that does does hit a little close to home right now. But still, I dug it. It was a, it was a really cool opening, you know, kind of opening scene. It was. Uh, I would hope that if I was going to be a, a menacing world-ending religious sect hell-bent on giving revenge to everything, that I would ask my uh, tailor to come up with something other than just this pure white suit with like these bubble shoulder pads. I mean, it was just... Uh, no, I'm sorry. What do you could Hey, we're into the world here, and I'm like, no, you're they, not. They, they look like casual stormtroopers. <laughs> they look like Italian fashion stormtroopers. That's it right. Like, it look like stormtroopers weekend wear. It's like a catwalk shows up, some Italian designer, uh, and now the uh, and now the uh, the stormtroopers they're walking the line. Saying, I don't know what else the Templars are doing, but I do know this: their shoot, suits are shiny. They keep them clean. Yeah, well, they're very. With the world going to hell, cleanliness. Cleanliness <laughs> wow. is next to godliness, and the Templars are. Well, of course, he just tore up the Bible, so you figured they'd be filthy. Well, I dug the opening scene. You know what else I dig, boys? What's that? What I really dig. That's right. I'm talking about Pappy Van Winkle, Family Reserve, Barrel Fermented Cigars. It's a long filler. Premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grande Fabrica, Drew Estate, in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes or bundles of tobacco. Tut for those of you that have never been to. Oh. Distillery. Oh, oh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two, three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick and mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere, and I highly encourage you to try it out. Hey, whether you like it or not, there's nothing else like it. That's true, and I would actually say that once this craziness mess gets over with, and we can actually come out of our shelters, get your butt down to uh, Louisiana because I know they're going to have those barn smokers again. They're just too cool not to have them. And uh, go visit Mark down there. He's the owner of that little place. And it's just awesome. You get to see that whole process up close and personal. It's really, really cool. And plus, Mark's place down there is really, really cool. And then you'll get to meet, like, Willie and Henry and all the Drew Estate gang. It's just just totally cool experience. 
It really is. There's there's nothing like it. Well, except Cigar Safari. Oh. Sorry, Tom. Uh, but no, Mark Ryan's farm. Say what you want. If you know, we've been to all the barn smokers. Uh, we're very blessed in that way. But you know, we're we're some the the process at Kentucky and Louisiana is so unique in that no one else. You're not simply growing it and you know fermenting it, and, and it, it's it's this unique, like I described this process. And it's owned by a very unique, interesting man who knows the history of Perique tobacco like no one else, Mark Ryan. Uh, you spend two minutes with this guy, he's your best friend. I mean, it, it, he's such a, a cool dude. Um, definitely, definitely, if you can't go to Cigar Safari, you can at least go to the Louisiana Bar and Smoker. And Kentucky, go to them all. I believe uh, the only one that's been uh, postponed at this point is Florida. They moved that to November. Yeah, which that's actually a good move because it was balls hot. Balls hot! Oh my god! May or whenever that was. Uh, so I, Florida in November sounds much better to me. Well, fellas, I've got some sad news. Uh, the doctor who could not be with us tonight—he's suffering some technical difficulties, and uh, he's been trying to interact on YouTube, and his laptop is not allowing him to make public comments, and so he is going to hurl that off the balcony in himself as well. Don't let to hurt anybody. Uh, we don't want anybody hurt by the man the on falling our, doctor, the, the man who's here to heal. Uh, <laughs> well, at least if he hurt somebody, he could run down there and help. Him. Yeah, physician, heal thyself. Yes, uh, boy. Uh, you know, the beer is. I, I have no memory of it. It was five years ago when I drank one of these last. Uh, it's just a smooth IPA. Um, yeah. Really, really, really nice flavors. Uh, a lot of some pine, a little, little bit of citrus, but uh, it's certainly enhancing the cigar rather than taking away from it. Um, I remembered really liking the hot torpedo, and I'm glad I, I went that way. And the, for me, the cigar, boy, there's not another Drew Estate cigar. I can't compare it to anything else in the lineup. Uh, that, to me, you're getting cedar, uh, Todd. I'm getting oak, uh, not a strong oak. But, you know, woodsy, we'll, we'll just sum it up as woodsiness. To me, that woodsiness and chocolate mixed with that mineral and that mineral and pepper on the, on the retro hill, which the pepper did pick up for me, like you said it would. To, yeah. Uh, it was a little slow going, but now it's ramping up. I can't think of another Drew Estate scar that reminds me of, but it's, it's a very unique profile for Drew Estate, and I'm really enjoying it. I was about to say, it's, it's kind of like in the, I can't even, the sun-grown vein except it's a bit more refined uh because that sun grown has some unique qualities to it but it's it's got a little it's got a, an edge to it and this one's kind of tampered that down uh but yeah i really kind of like it that that pepper especially coming into the halfway part uh is a little bit more pronounced on the retro hell uh yeah and i i agree with you i'm trying real hard to try to figure out what other things in willie's line that this has and it's it's just not there it's not like the unico series it's definitely not you know obviously it's not like the acid stuff uh, it's not really like the red it's definitely not like you know the fsg uh yeah i mean it's kind of its own unique animal but to me it's a bit it's a bit more subtler than what i thought uh you know this drew estate nicaraguan thing would be 
I agree. Um, yeah, boy. I'm enjoying it. Uh, definitely, I'm I love the the chocolate. That's still really slight. The the pepper. I agree with you. It was very. I was just very slight in the beginning here towards the the middle. It, it has the, it picked up in strength a lot. Uh, that woodsy element, a little bit of you know, a little bit of leather that I'm getting. I like that. Just the aroma. So. So far, so far so good. Okay. Hey, well, we got a we got we got an old face from the pub coming into the channel. It's a T W Sullivan on uh, top. Don, you salty bastard! How you doing? I hope you're hanging in and weathering this storm out. I really do too. Um, he posted something on Facebook the other day about some college professor that warned him that somebody was going to concoct this virus and wipe us all out one day and really depressed me for a couple of days. So, hey, good to see you, Tom. Hey, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, uh, we might have could have used it a couple of months ago. Uh, but no, uh, I should mention this. We didn't advertise that we're going live tonight. We didn't publicize it, pu publicize it at all um we just kind of decided we'd just do it so if you're finding us on facebook or youtube welcome to the party but uh you kind of found us organically if this works uh we'll, we'll definitely promote it moving forward but tonight was just kind of a test run um everything's have we said this before tonight everything's different now um I'll go ahead and I'll fall on the sword. Uh, we tried this once before and I was just like about uh, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever Guinness is in. And it just. TNCC style. As the technical producer, there were some technical things that happened. I'll just. When, you're when your technical producer is drinking heavily throughout the show, things are going to happen. We knew that when we got a technical producer. Started this. Well, when you got this one this uh so yeah we, we did actually try this uh but you know what it, 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 we'll see it when it's all said and done <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we might still we might still do this movie a third time we'll try no. uh but no this this seems this format seems much more streamlined so uh we'll see we might not do them all live maybe we'll do them all live uh we'll, we'll see it has been nice to hear a couple of people give us shout outs. We're not really an interactive, like a lot of the, everyone in cigar media now is doing like a live shit every day, interviewing everybody every day. That's not really our gig. That's really not our, what we do. They're also bringing in like strangers to join and that's not really our thing either. Um, so if you do find us and you want to leave us a few comments or watch the show, uh, we'll, we'll be taking it down after this and then putting it out next week like we usually do on iTunes and YouTube. But we just thought we'd give this a try. Uh, make it slightly interactive, minimally <laughs> interactive. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. All right. You've put it off long enough, boys. we got to tackle this movie. Later that night, a group of mummies. That's right. Real mummies? Not mommies, mummies. Literally a gang of dudes wrapped up in toilet paper scavenged the site of the Templars massacre that we saw earlier. 
Seriously, it's 2020. Which is wrong. I mean, I'm I'm on board, but you know, you're you're prognosticating stuff. If you're thinking that in the future the dregs of society will be draped like draped in toilet paper, that's wrong. The dregs toilet paper is gold, damn it. Gold. 2019 nuclear holocaust. These fuckers are finding toilet paper, expendable toilet paper to wrap up in their bodies. It's 2020. We have a virus that that's serious. I went to three grocery stores today. Not one of them had toilet paper. And we are literally shooting squirrels in our backyards with BB guns and wiping our asses with them. <laughs> are you guys doing that? No. Oh, man. If I could do that, Charles Mortar's is going to be pissed. Oh, you've been pooping in his litter box? <laughs> we got more litter than toilet paper. That's smart. Cat cat owners out there, take a note from Tut. Squat in the box. Worse for him or worse for me. Technically, you should still be wiping. That's no different. You're just not, you're just not flushing anything. You still need to wipe. Eh, moving on. Uh, well, the mummies don't last long as our hero is introduced. Scorpion. He shows up in his cool car with a sweet bubble roof and a sweet silver skull hood ornament. And he promptly laser blasts their asses to dust. He shoots all the mummies with his laser gun. I guess you could say he wiped them out. Uh, come on. No. It's too early. Is it? <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> he looks like a cross between Greg Brady and our very own Jason Tuttle. Give it, give it, give it two months, and I will. No, oh, have that hair, man. Without haircuts, man, we're all going to look a lot different. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh. and, uh, he's also wearing a set of sweet shoulder pads like the Templars, although his are made of sheep's wool instead of armor. Seems even less protective than what those guys were wearing. Yes, but it's much, it's much more fashionable. He looks very fashionable. He mercy kills the last wounded survivor. So that's how we know he's a good dude. The guy's like, please kill me. And he thinks about it. He's like, all right. All right. Pew. Hey, Yaks, laser bullets don't grow on trees, right? They really don't. But this guy, I mean, at least he thought about it. Like, oh, you know what? All right. Just this one time I'm going to do it for you. Speaking of laser bullets, the next day as he's roaming the wasteland, Scorpion's attacked by a sniper armed with a slingshot up in some cliffs. And where the regular guns now sound like laser guns, pew, pew, the slingshot makes a rifle shot sound for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out the slingshot belongs to a little blonde-haired boy who's actually friends with Scorpion. They play these highly dangerous war games from time to time. Like, highly dangerous. Scorpion's firing at... They're literally firing live ammunition at one another. Like, huh, good game. I'll kill you next time. And the kid is played by Giovanni Frezza. Giovanni Frezza. Giovanni Frezza, who most horror fans will remember as he's the little kid in Lucio Fulci's House by the Cemetery. Do you guys recognize that? Uh, okay. Never seen it. Probably not. Uh, and guess what? He's just as terrible in this as he was in that film. I was wondering because he's horrible. Worst kid actor ever. But I love the voiceover. He's horrible, but the voiceover was like, 
Ha ha ha, Scorpion. I see that you enter my game of death. They actually got the same lame ass voiceover person to do his voice in this that they did in House by the Cemetery. Yeah, if it worked in the first one, why not? Well, it turns out Young Mechanic, as he's called, fixes Scorpion's car for him whenever he bangs it up. So before you know it, he's off to patrol the wasteland some more. Turns out, you know what's wrong with the car? What's that? Severed ear in the gearbox. I think Young Mechanic. I think I could have diagnosed that. He just holds it out like, oh, yeah. Let me take a look underneath the hood. You know what? If you would stop running over people and just having their innards into the crushed into your engine we might have solved these problems scorpion's job that's what scorpion does he just kind of shrugs it off <laughs> yeah, see what i can do which by the way if you have a uh, rolling death machine in the zombie apocalypse uh, that is a problem that you're going to face you've got uh, human or corpus <laughs> debris flowing into your intakes you're gonna have limbs in there that's just a thing Oh, you're uh, going to have limbs. Next thing we know, the Templars are running a heavily armored van up the highway. And just as they toss a net over a fleeing female, who's also wearing shoulder pads, Scorpion shows up and saves her. The Templars, third in command, Shadow, tells Scorpion that one isn't going to be pleased that he's back in action. And perhaps I'll tell Scorpion, or I'll tell one, that you spared Mako's life, and he could see that as some kind of peace offering. I only make peace with dead Templars, Scorpion says, as the chick jumps in the car and they take off. That was <laughs> hey, John, notice that little crystal he had that he plugged into his car and music? Yeah. Started? Yeah. 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 It was like an early, it was like predicting the USB drive. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's there's actually some science behind that, too, with the crystal thing, so that's cool. What do you mean? You can store uh, information on a crystal. It's it's true. A crystal like you chip in a cave? Yeah, like, you know, the, oh, this crystal is protecting me from eating too much. That kind of crystal, yeah. You can store data, like electronic? You can store data. Ones and zeros. You fucking with me? I'm not. No, it's real. That's that's how smart the Italians were back in eighty something. Really? Yeah. They were wrong about the toilet paper thing, but they were right about this. Very wrong about the toilet paper thing. And probably the shoulder pad thing. <laughs> Definitely. But the the music thing, they they nailed that, huh? Yeah, yeah they but were they it. wrong about it? Because obviously it looked like the mummies were out trying to get more toilet paper to wrap themselves in. They were the hoarders? They were this. They the... were the hoarders. <laughs> the hoarding toilet paper mummies. Okay, now I'm, so, now I'm on the side of the Templars. You gotta blast those dudes. <laughs> I thought you'd like Scorpion because he used crystal technology. So, so like in the Fortress of Solitude when Superman would put those crystals yeah. and they play the yeah. images of that was that was actually like based, based in, in science. Science? Yeah. I knew I mean, that. We're, I, not, we're not there yet, but you know, it's. No, I'm working on it. I actually knew all this. I was just seeing if you guys knew. Feeding it? That's fine. Look, when they have the crystal technology, I too will live in my own fortress of solitude. Trust me, a growler into the old man's strength, I need to be fed. 
Madden said. And when Shadow reports all this news back to one, his boss isn't happy one bit, as he and Scorpion have a long history together. I'm sure there's a deeper story there, and I'm sure there's a deeper story on the <laughs> why the one wears heavily armored. He's the only one with heavily armored plates over his shoulders, but then he leaves his hairy belly and midsection totally exposed. Oh, I have a theory about that. If he takes a shot in the wing, he's good. But dude, if you aim right for his belly, he's toast. I have a theory yeah, about that, and I'm going to talk to you camp. about it later on. Don't forget that theory, Tom. One hasn't left the camp. That's why he's like acting all badass with no clothes on. Like he's sending everybody else out. Like we will kill them. You <laughs> guys get out there and do that. What out, are you going to do? I've got to do some paperwork over here. His belly's still exposed when he goes out. I've got this beautiful desk. I have to look good. I don't need to wear that thing. Why are you wearing the guarded shoulder pad? All right, we'll get back to it. I, I won't forget, Todd. Uh, well, it turns out that the one doesn't want to simply kill Scorpion. He wants also to take not only his blood, but his pride and his soul. Yikes. That's hardcore. Yeah. So smooth operator Scorpion... How could you not be a smooth operator with a name like Scorpion? Scorpion! Will you guys call me that the rest of the night? No. Three strikes, I'm out. <laughs> Only if you call me Sub-Zero. No. no. Okay. He takes Alma. Jax? That's the hot chick's name. Alma. He takes Alma back to his base camp where he can make her pain go away for a while. First of all, in pure uh, Italian style, this dude was so freaking handsy in this car. I mean, she's like over up the window trying to crag quagmire her way out of the car, and he's just literally like, oh, you so I will take your pain away. It was a different time. Uh, it was. Hey, yeah, did you recognize this dude playing Scorpion? I didn't. He was in Ladyhawk. He's one of the main dudes. What? Excuse me. I don't remember him. I don't have the virus. So it was just a sneeze. A little chilly out. keep saying that, which no, makes me believe otherwise. There was two sneezes uh, on that one, by the way. Yeah, so he you, was in Ladyhawk. Yes, could you? He was in Ladyhawk. He's one of the main dudes. But he, he, I think he was under a different name. He had an American acting name and, a, and an Italian acting name. I'm going to go back and look. I love Lady Hawk. Come on, Rudger Hauer? Yeah, great movie. Well, before you know it, uh, he's telling her he's going to make her pain go away. Before you know it, he has the tent popped up. Which tent? A real tent. <laughs> A real tent, you sleazoids. Well, well I love how the real tent is actually just like, it looks like a bunch of like pool floats that are, you know, clear and he just blew them up and like, Oh, it was weird. It's the future. Was... You got to make do with what you got. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Then he pops his other tent and they start screwing by the campfire. That was quick. Well, I, the other thing I love here, Finally, here is that, you know, it gives a good point as to why everybody is wearing shoulder pads in this world. Because how is she hurt? She broke her shoulder. <laughs> we don't. We actually don't learn that till later. And the cool thing is, is that later, now... He was like, when he was being all handsy with her, he's like, your shoulder's hurt. And now we're finally going to put the sleeves in Italian sleeve or tallow sleeves, and we're going to get to see why they've got those fishbowl boobies, right? Nope. 
it's all shot through the tent, the side of the tent in the very artistic uh, green tinted scene. But no, we, 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 we don't get to see anything in this movie, which was we, shocking to me. We see home dude's buttocks. We really didn't need to see those. Notice that, did Nobody you? needed to see those. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did see those. They snuggle afterwards, and it turns out that Alma, God, what a terrible name, <laughs> is desperately looking for some sign of civilization, and apparently a good time in the process. She and had while, no choice. And while they're <laughs> no, she did. I mean, he was handsy, but, you know, she seemed willing. And while they're having said good time, we see that Nadir, played by the one and only Fred Williamson, is parked Hello, on a cliff. Fred Williamson. He's parked on a cliff edge up above watching them. Where was his stogie? Fred Williamson always has a stogie. I was waiting for it. Not Look, in a talus, please. Boys, I can deal with the nuclear apocalypse. I can deal with whatever you throw at me. If you tell me there's a future without stogies, I'm going to go join those mummified mongoloids that live down in the canyons. You're never going to see me again. I love the fact that we I love the fact that we were talking earlier and I was like, "You know what? I revisited uh, Schwarzenegger's The Last Stand and I think it's a I think it's an underrated movie for Schwarzenegger. I really like it." And uh, you were like, yeah, but there was that one scene where he was on his balcony. And before you said it, I even knew what was coming up. And you're like, you know, the one where he's drinking beer, but he doesn't have a stogie? That just sits wrong. Seeing an Arnold character relax without a stogie and seeing Fred Williamson in anything without it, he's always got a stogie. It just that, that makes sense. Threw me for a loop. Well, the next morning, Mako decides to do, betray the one's wishes and he along he's kind of a wild card this mako he's got a mohawk he's kind of crazy a little bit younger than one in shadow he along with a few other soldiers he talks into they head out to kill scorpion and dethrone one and his buddy shadow in the process and they almost do it they manage to get scorpion out of his vehicle which that's a monumental task he's cemented this thing and right before he's about to get his head severed by that spinning razor blade propeller thing on mako's car Fred fucking Williamson shows up with, guess what? Explosive arrows. Nice. Saving the day. And in case you're wondering, when he shoots an arrow, it makes a shotgun firing sound. <laughs> no, it, By the it, way, for anybody that watches this, uh, Fred Williams, uh, you'll know him from uh, Dust Till Dawn. Uh, there's, I actually looked up. <laughs> The guy's been in a gazillion, a gazillion. I actually looked up his uh, IMDb because, like you said, he's been in a bazillion stuff, and I wanted to find out what it was. I can't, uh, I can't say like half of the names of the movies that he was in. It, it was like the N word of Lincoln County. Uh, the N word oh. saves the day. It oh. was just so I thought you were, I thought you were talking about his foreign Italian action flicks. But yeah, yeah, there no. were. There were those two. Complete. Don't say that. I, I can't. Uh, and I, by the way, I was kidding. His his explosive bow and arrow doesn't make a shotgun noise. I was. I was oh, every other slingshot projectile does. Well, Scorpion ends up killing Mako, that little weasel, 
and Nadir takes care of the rest, literally blowing their heads off. It's awesome. Scorpion tells the last remaining Templar to take Mako's body back to one. And if he sent Mako, consider it his answer. And if he didn't, consider it a warning. That's classic Western dialogue right there. Good stuff. Well, I mean, the Italians know some things about Westerns. And when Fred Williamson shoots a dude in the head and I say it blows his head off, you literally see the arrow go in the guy's head and the guy's head explode. Dude, the practicals on this are pretty good. Not computer effects. This is a dummy head that looks 30% like the actual dude. Bad wig and some weird eyes. But what I just love is that, I mean, you actually just see it. It just... Is there some guy like I'm gonna kill this guy? Oh no! <laughs> and, and like I and like I said, the the practicals are really good. I mean, except for the, well, even in the first scene, the practical was good. Uh, the opening scene where the old lady gets killed, and uh, the practical was good. It's just like uh, the director was like, "All right, we spent a lot of money on the practical. I will need you to zoom in on her face for like two minutes." Well, she does. It's a very anguished. Uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> Still better than any CGI stuff. But the head exploding stuff, and especially on on a couple of scenes we'll get into later, it was actually quite impressive. It was, it really was. Yeah. Pour myself another one here, boys. When the uh, Templar soldiers return to HQ with Mako's dead body, Yaks HQ refers to headquarters. Hindquarters. Head. No, headquarters type. In this movie, it's hindquarters. About to be. The one isn't pleased, to say the least, as he addresses his small army. We are the Templars, the warriors of vengeance. We are the Templars, the high priests of death. We have been chosen to make others pay for the high crime of being alive. We guarantee that all humanity, accomplices, and heirs of the nuclear holocaust will be wiped out once and for all. That the seed of man will be canceled forever from the face of the earth. Hate, hate, hate with all your hearts, Templars. Hate and exterminate. This dude sounds exactly like a high school football coach I had. Well, I mean, if he had to like it. Like, all right, everybody gather around, take a knee. Like, I think my Texas high school football coach stole his speeches from the one. <laughs> yeah. Shadow says that he'll personally kill Scorpion, but one fires back that he and he alone will kill Scorpion because it's personal. Yeah, it is. And it's about to get really personal, boys. I feel like I should use my Adrian Barbeau voice. Oh, <laughs> lovers. Oh, lovers. It's going to get... I don't have a microphone. To, I got it. When I do Adrian Barbeau, I need a microphone. Oh, lovers. You guys took the mics with you when you, you left me. All right. Uh, how are you guys enjoying this one? Oh, I'm, I'm really liking it. Uh, the strength has kind of picked up a little bit. I'm, I'm starting to get into the last third of it. Uh, so uh, coming into the the last third, the strength really hasn't been there. Uh, it's been a pretty, you know, medium. A, I would even say a light medium. I mean, it's got enough strength to let you know that there's something there, but it hasn't been quite in your face. And now it's starting to really kind of, kind of get present. Uh, man, that woodsiness is still, you know, quite quite prevalent. 
I still get a nice little bit of pepper on the uh, retro hell. Uh, it's a, it's a unique cigar, and I like it. The pepper has slowly grown for me from the beginning. I didn't really even sense it upon ignition, and I, I'm way behind you. I've been talking so much. I, I'm not even. I'm barely getting in, maybe to the, the middle third. Uh, the pepper is slowly growing, um, but it still has that mineral component on the nose. Yeah. And the woodsiness is is still 70-30 over that chocolate on the draw. Yeah. Still not able to compare it to anything else in the Drew State lineup, but I'm really enjoying it. And it's it's totally going well with I'm wondering how it's going with your beer, Ty. Your, your beer's got a lot more going on than mine. Uh, this beer is kind of muscling its way into it. I wish that I would have chosen something a bit more complimentary. Uh, the uh, the triple is kind of it's got enough strength on the triple that it no matter what you have it's going to make its presence known. So it doesn't really complement the uh, the cigar that well. I wish I would have gone a little bit more stoutish, especially a, a cream style stout that would have been you know to accent that chocolate a little bit more to draw it out that would have been that would have been very cool i mean especially when you think about that you're drawing that chocolate out you got that pepper on the retro hill that's a great combination uh i i this is one of my go-to beers especially when i go down to redhorn so i know this is a great beer but i'm not sure that i would i would i would pair it with this cigar it, it seems like a misstep or a missed opportunity if you've gone now, with the cream style. Uh, now, in a little bit, I'll I'll bring out beer number two, and who knows what's going to go with that? Is that is that what we're dealing with here? Okay, we'll we'll get to that. Let us know when it's time. What about you, Yak? Cigar and beer. Uh, cigar wise, yeah the 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 pepper that component is kind of plateaued. I mean, it hasn't gotten any stronger since about halfway. Hold up your cigar. Uh, on the cigar, yeah. I mean, the the chocolate no, is. Said, hold it up. No, hold it up. Where are you at in the cigar? Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, just a little past halfway. I uh, still get that that just that hint of chocolate throughout the the draw right now. Um, a lot of most of the other flavors are are very, you know, background. Just that little bit of mineral, just the 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 woodsy leather. That's all in in the background, but yeah, I, I'm still liking that. Even from the beginning to right now, I mean that that chocolate component has stayed with this, so I'm I'm enjoying that. How's the beer working with it? The the weekend warrior is great. I mean, it's just pale ale, like I said. So I mean, it's light. It's not interfering at all with the cigar. I mean, it's it it complements really well. Um, yeah, I would think. From the description of it, it would probably no no cigar is gonna or that beer is not gonna blow any cigar palate wise out of water. Okay. Well, meanwhile across the wastelands, Nadir is taking Scorpion and Alma. Alma, I can't get past that name. <laughs> she's a very unusual looking woman. At, at first, when you first see her, she's you think she's beautiful, but she has a fake beard painted on her like five o'clock shadow because you don't there's women are apparently in high demand and there's not a lot supply there's not a lot of them left there's like toilet paper and then women yes but even apparently in the wastelands of of 2019 there is no shortage of hairspray 
It's like beer kegs. It's everywhere. but they're traveling. Uh, Did you just say that's like beer pairings that's everywhere? No, like those beer kegs. Oh, the beer kegs. The beer kegs. But you're right. Everybody's doing beer pairings nowadays. <laughs> uh, Maybe they were just searching the wasteland to find a tap. We've got all these kegs. We just can't find a tap. Desperately looking for a tap. This one it's tap. Totally, imagine that hell. That's like being a. a that's hell. That's a, hell. Surrounded by cigars and no lighter. <laughs> uh, that is that's that's my hell. I get I go to hell. There's going to be all kinds of beer kegs with no tap, all kinds of cigars, no lighter. Uh, well, he's taking them to a traveling caravan he found nearby that might be able to help her with her broken shoulder. That's when we learned that she had a broken shoulder. You guys have been assholes and been making fun of her this whole time, or everyone for wearing shoulder pads. Guess where she got hurt. Her shoulder. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe they should have something in those Stay Puff Marshmallow shoulder pads. A little something more solid might help. You think? Maybe. So now's a good time to say that while you're doing this pandemic, if you need to do some shopping, why don't you go online? Go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Find the Amazon link. Click on the banner there and do your shopping from there. It doesn't cost you anymore. And anything that you have, we get a little bit of royalty from. And it helps us keep this stream going. Or hopefully when we get back to the corner of No Hope, it helps keep the lights of the corner of No Hope on. But no, seriously, if you're going to do some shopping on Amazon, go to the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com website. Click on the Amazon banner. And then do your shopping from there. And, uh, we get a little kickback. Doesn't cost you anything, and you know helps us keep keep this stream going. Also, if you're going to do some cigar shopping, you know maybe you find like a little something something that you want to get into. And especially like I, I don't know about your guys, but my brick and mortar is shut down. So you know you're doing a lot of online shopping. Uh, if you go to famoussmokeshop.com then click on that and then uh, enter the promo code TNCC20 and you will get $20 off any order that you do from there. And so basically if you spend a hundred bucks, enter the promo code TNCC20, you'll get 20 bucks off. Cody, that's like 20%, right? I love it. I want that, it. That's the same as 20%. And that's, that's a good it thing. I, I actually stepped out to get on my computer and do the math. It is twenty dollars uh, $20 off. A hundred dollar purchase is twenty percent. And it, that's it's a big computer. I needed that much uh, resources to to do the math. And that's why I got an A in college algebra right there. Well, uh, definitely use promo code TNCC twenty. Thank you, Tut. Uh, well, the religious sect leader that Nadir takes him to is named Father Moses, and he agrees to help Alma. They believe in something called God, explains Nadir to Scorpion. Heaven's dead, just like all the rest. The Scorpion's take on things. It's another great Western line. Uh, actually, it's more of a Snake Plissken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was another Western that wasn't really a Western. I was about to say, if it was a bronzy Western, it'd be like, no. <laughs> Heaven's dead, now so are you. 
as a, as a guy named the Wiz takes a look at Alma's shoulder wound, he explains... Wasn't that a superhero that you guys came up with at the pub one night? The Wiz? Oh, was it... Wasn't his name the Wiz, the guy that pees on everybody? <laughs> it was like the Wiz of the Wizinator. Now you've done it. He's pissed off. The Wiz. Well, isn't it when he flies away? Piss off. Yeah, whenever he whenever he takes that, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wrote like a whole comic book one night when we were off our knockers. Uh, uh, copyright 2020 Tuesday Night Cigar Club, the Wiz superhero, and his catchphrase, piss off. No, oh, I just got a text message from Dark Horse Comics. They actually copyrighted that. Well, I got another text. Gene Simmons actually copied it right before <laughs> Dark Horse Comics. We'll just let Dark Horse and Gene Simmons battle it out now. That we know dude, who's going to win. We just want to see a fight. Everything. Um, well, as a guy named The Wiz takes a look at him on the shoulder wound, he explains, I'm not a doctor. I, they just, I'm just good at fixing stuff. No, it was something like... Uh, well, I can treat your pain, but uh, now we need to take you to someone who knows medicine. Hey, last person that treated her pain banged her in the tent. That was what uh, that's what Scorpion said. I just swear that our doctor, the doctor, told me I can treat your pain, but eventually we'll need to take you to someone who goes knows medicine. Yeah. Eventually we're going to take you to someone who actually treats pain. Um, a hot sect mama named Vinia is offered by Father Moses to take care of any needs Nadir might have. And he gives her that classic Fred Williamson mustache grin. Uh Oh yeah, baby. The Templars are only three hours away. I only need 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't say that, but he should. It's Uh, implied. Because the next thing you know, he and Vinny are alone in the tent having a few drinks. Dude, she gives him a cocktail. He's like, oh, I didn't know there's any of this left in the territory. She's serving it up on the rocks. And she tells him that she needs to work on her biorhythmic concentration exercises. Yeah, she does. And he's all too willing to help her. As Nadir and Vinia lay in bed post-coitus. Yax, am I using that term correctly? Post-coitus? You are indeed using it correct. Scorpion enters the room and tells his buddy that he's moving along. It's too dangerous for me to stay here with the Templars after my ass. Nadir says, dude, he's in heaven. He's laying there with his cocktail, his mustache, and Vinia. Okay, bye. And Scorpion just stands there. And Nadir's like, uh, bye. Kind of alone time here. And the dude just stands there. This is the second best buy in cinematic history. Uh, the first one belonging to Curly Bill Brocious of Tombstone. Bye. Uh, bye. Yeah. And then Fred Williamson in New Barbarians. Well, bye. But he says it like four times and the guy won't leave. All right, All right. now you're creeping me out, Scorpio. Well, here's, here's more on that side. I've read some film theorists far more sophisticated than us numb nuts that think that scorpion is wrestling with his sexuality here that he's actually in love with nadir fred williamson and that's why he's so against teaming up with him officially because it would mean admitting his love for him but at this point in time in the film 
in my opinion, that's a stretch. It's just a weird scene. We've seen nothing prior that he's in love with Fred Williamson, but it is so weird. He's just staring at his bare, hairy chest and can't move. He's, he's frozen in either a weird cut scene by an Italian editor or something else. But I, I think that's a stretch at this point. At this point, it is going into the movie further. Maybe a case can be made. Uh, I still think that that theory is a little bit far-fetched, mainly because if that is what the director's intent was, it was horrible storytelling in terms of connecting the dots. Uh, but I can see where they're coming from. I can see why that theory is out there. Especially some things that happen a little bit later on. Right, right. But but knowing what you know of Scorpion now, yeah, in this scene, that would be like, if you were trying to make that theory possible, this would be that first hint of it. And that was an odd hint. I mean, it was like a weird, odd hint. But maybe the dude's just not a very good storyteller. Who knows? Or just bad editing. Or very bad editing. Maybe the, the dude's not a bad like, editing. The director looked at the cut, and he's like, after the first buy, he should have left. Why, why'd you leave him stand there? And he's like, but the film already shipped out to the, you know, like. The studio's uh, like, you're going to want that fourth buy. We need to. <laughs> We're a couple minutes short. We need to beef it up a little bit. Where can we add some stuff? <laughs> if only we could zoom what if in. We made him say buy that, like eight add, times. Add that fourth buy in there. If only we could zoom in Enzo Castellori. But I, I don't think <laughs> unfortunately. Um, having said that, the very next scene, we find the Templar soldiers chasing down Scorpion, and he opens up his car trunk to reveal a giant red penis shaped missile. Oh, so that's where the theory comes from. Well, maybe there's something to that. It's like, bye, bye. He's like, hmm. and then uh. giant red <laughs> cop missile. Uh, maybe. Red rocket, you say? Maybe. <laughs> it is a red rocket, Yex. Uh, and after an intense chase scene where dudes go flying on motors, motorbikes over cliffs, and Scorpion fires a handful of those dick missiles, exploding a bunch of Templar vehicles. His car is finally knocked out of commission and he's surrounded by one in his army. And I have to say, there's some really epic camera framing here. And throughout the whole film, actually, by Enzo Castellari and his cinematographer, Fausto Zaccoli. Dude, beautiful wide shots when just Scorpion is facing down one, you know, with just the, the focus frame and just these huge wide shots. Yeah. And then it zooms. These guys are zooming with purpose all over the place. Nobody does zooms like the Italians. Yeah, it, the cinematography is awesome. I will say uh, the camera work is very deliberate. There's not a camera scene shot that I was like, "What the heck are they doing here?" I mean, it's all very deliberate. There's one scene, and I, I'm getting confused whether it was this sequence or a sequence later uh, when he jumps on the hood of a car. When Scorpio jumps on the hood of a car. Uh, do you remember if it's this sequence? He does that in every sequence. Well, there's one where it's like Scorpio's ass takes up three quarters of the entire frame. And now I'm like, oh, no, maybe. That, that was another scene, Ted. 
I'm like, maybe the director is trying to tell us something because that director and cinematographer are like, you know what? Everything's done with a purpose here. And I want to zoom in on, on this guy's ass. The producers are like, trust me, you're going to want this guy's ass. Let's zoom in on it. Well, there might be something to that. Uh, there might be a very, that might be a very salient point, Tut, as the doctor would say, because we're about to see a lot of Scorpion's ass. Uh, remember that rumor? Well, we've already seen it. Remember that rumored subplot I mentioned earlier? Uh huh. Like, like two minutes ago. Yeah. Well, one takes Scorpion back to the Templar base and ties oh, him in this torture device comprised of tubing and straps. His arms are locked up. And when uh, Shadow grabs the tubes and yanks them, it forces. Uh, no, this is the weirdest damn contraption ever. Because what's his name? Uh, not one, but the other one. Uh, Shadow. When Shadow, in order, he has to bar press up to yank Scorpion down. So throughout this entire scene, Shadow's got to bar press up to bend over scorpion and is, is it weird that shadow is like grinning from ear to ear did you guys think shadow looked just like the bass player from judas priest yes i kind of thought he looked like a young dog the bounty hunter was dog the bounty hunter ever really young no he was probably 19 and still looked like he was 50 Mm -hmm. Ice man, it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> one then takes once uh Scorpion is bent over. One then take do you have a warning on our Facebook video tut for mature listeners only? No, I didn't. Or if I did, I glossed over it. He takes a sacrificial dagger and cuts open the ass of Scorpion's trousers. And they show it. And starts entering him as part of his initiation into the Templars. They don't show the entering, but they do show this. Wait, see if I can get the. And not, I'm not saying he's entering his soul as some sort of metaphorical. No, he is. <laughs> entering him. H I M, all caps. He is knowing him biblically. And this okay, is... first off, Todd, I'm sorry. I want to you say, can't help yourself. You can't I, help yourself. I know I've said it many times. No more man on man. We've had this discussion. I, at least I promised Tut no more man on man rape on the show. But I swear I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know this was coming. Oh, ew. <laughs> you, you did know. You knew. These movies find me. I don't find them. The funny thing is, is that as I'm watching this, I'm like, huh, an Italian film in the 70s, I should have seen this coming. And we haven't seen any naked chicks yet. <laughs> I should have seen this coming. And second off, what the fuck? We cut back and forth to all the Templar soldiers with their arms folded watching it all happen. Like, Well, he's saying that he's initiating him into the Templars so, so did all the Templars have to go through this? Yeah, they've all they've all had one. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, they they were just like been there, done that. 
uh, as they watch one go to town on Scorpion's butt, while Shadow looks on smiling. <laughs> Shadow's like, <laughs> he's been there. I mean, honestly, which, because if you look at the setup, which is worse? The fact that he's sitting there like, this guy's raping me, but now I got to stare at the other guy like, <laughs> is that worse? Guys, yeah, I would think it would be. Like, guys, this is 2000. Just look at you know, this is 2019. This is occurring, and we can't imagine what the the sociological world, the cultural things going on. It, this is this is the future. I'm so, glad I got guns. Yeah. Finally, thank God, a sentry pulls up on a motorcycle to tell one they found the caravan. And one pulls out of Scorpion and orders his men to mount up. Uh, double O. Oh, and for some other young Templar dudes to finish him off. Uh, triple O. Quick question, or not a quick question, but a quick comment. One, thank you, Ryan Leshker, for watching. And then two, thank you, Riste, for watching. Mm. Yeah, Riste, you tune in right when we're talking about uh, butt sex. Yeah. You knew what you were dealing with. Hey, that's how he wants to fuck the FDA. That's right. Right at the butt. Uh, luckily for Scorpion. <laughs> nice segue. There's no more luck left. Uh, luckily for Scorpion, he could use a bit of good luck right now. <laughs> he could use any luck right now. A well-rested and Wait a minute, one more time. A well-rested Nadir shows up just as Scorpion. Not only, did, not only did one have his way with him, they tie him to the, a rope and drag him around a muddy field on a motorbike, for God's sake. Well, well, what's funny is that one tells like three like lackeys, and they're like, all right, take care of this guy. My question is, is did those lackeys like, do you mean kill him, or do you mean like, there, I just... I think they know that only the one does the. Oh, the. the yeah, that thing you're doing. Okay. Uh, that, that is reserved strictly for the one. Uh, a few exploding arrows later. and By the way, this scene is great in terms of practical effects. It, it, all joking aside, they did a great job on this. Everything goes. Nadir saves his buddy once again. There's a great shot here where Nadir shoots a guy with an exploding arrow. Not only do we see the arrow go in the guy's head and his head blow up, but the next shot, we see his headless body still driving that motorcycle around. He's out of head. Oh, that, that one was, I actually was super, just classic. I mean, that one reminded me of Turbo Kid, just seeing yes. like body parts yes. flying yeah. and then the just... Thing. Yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, is that all the vehicles, like I know it's 70s, they can't CGI this, they have to be a little bit safe to the stunt guys. All the vehicles are going like two miles an hour. <laughs> so oh. it's little like you're supposed to imagine Scorpio being drugged behind this, but these only going like two miles an hour. The sound of, and this goes for the entire film. The sound effects for the vehicles, they're all going two miles an hour, but it's like they have these huge like engine sound effects. It sounds like a freaking monster truck rally. And the, the favorite thing that I like is that Fred Williamson is up on the cliff shooting people with an arrow. And his friend is being drugged behind a car, and he takes like five minutes to line up his shot. He's like, I know it should hurry here, but all right, so let me check the wind. 
It does the wind. All right, I'm going to put my arrow in backwards. Oh, then he's the right hand. No, he takes. He takes the. He takes the arrow. He puts it on there. He's like, no, I'll use another arrow. Uh, That's what I pictured <laughs> you guys doing to save me. Fred uh, Williamson isn't here to waste arrows. Every shot hits. Let Cade suffer. No, it's not that we want you to suffer. It's just that we got to finish our beer first. The whole scene is great, and the way that the head, the headless thing was riding the motorcycle, the way the heads were, only the Italians are doing shit like this in the 80s. Nadir tells Scorpion uh, later on as the young mechanic fixes his car, you ain't so bad now, are you, Scorpion? A victim of the big bad queer Templars. So I guess it is known that's kind of their thing. Scorpion shouldn't have been surprised at what happened. <laughs> uh, all you had to do was ask for my help. What was stopping you from asking for my help? I wonder. Maybe he was in love with him. I don't know. Maybe still... the fact that he stood in the doorway for like five minutes staring at him, like maybe some some uh, snobby hipster film nerds with nothing better to do read way too much into this film. I don't know. Perhaps no, I think that there's something there. I just think it's just poorly communicated. Well, well, I mean, he could have been standing back in the doorway like, hey, could you come help me? Uh, I'm busy. Bye. Perhaps he wanted more from Nadir than Nadir was willing to give him. I don't know. Either way, Nadir helps his friend get his confidence back. He helps him with his shooting aim like Robocop. He helps him get his aim back and his confidence back. Because that is what true friends do, right, Yak Boy? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Speaking of friends, as I mentioned earlier tonight, our good friends over at Drew State have concocted a very special cigar that I'd like to mention one more time as we near the end of tonight's show. That's right, I'm talking about Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar from Drew Estate. This unique stogie is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities. At La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Oh, yaks, you're gone. It is beautiful. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes or bundles of tobacco, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes much like the immense pressure applied to Scorpion in the last scene we saw. Um, tobacco is removed two, three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at every brick and mortar Drew Diplomat retailer everywhere. You can literally find this cigar at any Drew Diplomat retailer. And if you'd like to smoke the unique pig-sized Vitola of the Pappy, head over to pappyco.com. That's the only place that you can purchase that. Unless you went to Cigar Safari, we got one of them there. Todd, sorry. Yeah, thank you. I was just about to say I haven't tried that one yet. That's that's nice. We only, we only got one, I'm sorry. And I haven't smoked it yet. I'm saving it for a, a special occasion. Well, you got one. Yeah, we got one. All right. I hey, I got one hat. Plain. I, I got one hat and I gave it to you. 
That's nice. Cody didn't give me any hats. Are you sure he didn't give me his hat? Or are you sure he didn't give you his hat and then you gave me that hat? No, I actually, he kept his hat. Okay, so I have switched over to beer number two. Mm-hmm. The Aloha, y'all. Yeah, I just drank a growler of the old man's drink. And so that's like... That's... Cody, tell us about beer number two uh, from Tuttle. Also from Redhorn Brewing, the Aloha, y'all. Aloha, y'all. A Texas twist on a Hawaiian favorite. Is it? I don't know about, about that. This is a pina colada milkshake IPA. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, your face dun, says it all right there. Dun, dun, a pina dun, dun, colada milkshake IPA. If you like pina colada milkshake IPAs, I, I and getting caught in the rain. Not here. Is, uh, not here. We can't throw stuff at him to stop singing. No, we really can't, but so we shall suffer. It's a 6% ABV, and they give no information on the IBU, so I have wow. no idea. If I'm going to drink something that's that, I at least want a 13% ABV. All right. First of all, I will say that in terms of an IPA, it does taste like an IPA. I don't know how you couch that because I don't really like IPAs. I mean, I, I, I like IPAs. I've, like I've, grown, I, I've grown, I've grown to use, yeah, I've, I've grown to, I've grown to appreciate them. We've done a lot of IPAs that really weren't IPAs in terms of IBUs. And we're like, eh, this actually does, you know, it's got a little bit of that. You can taste the hops. In it. Well, the, uh, they, it was, a. Uh... Uh, brewed with uh, Azorka and uh, Sabro hops, as well as pineapple, coconut, and vanilla beans. So if that is, if those flavors are prevalent, then I'm believing the brewers succeeded in what they were going for, but I'm just sorry, but the Nicolata <laughs> Milkshake IPA, I just not going to be able to wrap myself around that one. All right, so it, it does taste like a, a little bit. Uh, the West Coast IPA profile is there, so there's a heavy bit, heavy bitterness to it. Um, you do get that vanilla in there. Uh, it's a bit more viscous and a little bit thick, so I can see why they're calling it milkshake. Uh, pina colada, I'm not really tasting. I get, I do get a hint of uh, pineapple in there. Uh, but pina colada, I'm, I can't stand pina coladas, uh, so I don't taste that, thankfully. <coughs> okay, think- and so you might be like, well, all right, so why did you order a pina colada milkshake IPA? Um, that would be bas- my second question. Basically, I told the guy, I was like, all right, I want a growler of the old man's strength, and by that time, I want to start coming down off of it because I know how strong that is. And, uh, you know, I'm open to whatever you suggest. And this is what they suggested. I think I just got the coronavirus from hearing Tut describe that beer. <laughs> At least I didn't describe it. It tastes like adult. All kinds of adult. Yeah, that was, that was very one-ish. <laughs> is that what that U2 song is about, one? 
I hope not. I hope not either. You get to share it on those lyrics. <laughs> no, one's not. One's not about sharing. We gotta carry each other. Okay, uh, I, dude, I'm way behind you guys. I've been talking so much. I'm way behind you guys on the cigar. Um, are you guys in the final third? I'm assuming. Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to have to put this down. That's yeah, I'm. I got getting down to almost nub. Okay, well then you guys give me your final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. I liked it. Uh, whereas Cody was saying that it was plateaued, I think that I kind of agree. But my plateau happened in that last third. Uh, which was a nice because it really kind of dialed up that pepper and dialed up a little bit of the strength there. So that was kind of cool. Uh, the pepper was kind of there. The pepper kind of dies off in that uh, last third retro hell though. Uh, but it, it's still a really, really kind of cool cigar. And it's still, you know, coming into the third of this or, or actually coming into the nub of this, I can't compare this to the other Drew Estate lines. I, I just, I can't find a cigar that I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, I can see where they kind of modeled this after. No, not all. And that's with as eclectic as a range of cigars they have. That's, that's kind of unique in itself, in and of itself. Um, I'm sorry. Me- that's why I kind of like, I just, I have a lot of respect for Willie when he does this stuff. I mean, he's got, He's got his own preferential, you know, palate, his taste. And a lot of cigar makers are like, I, I do this to for my palate. If, if I know that I'm designing this for my palate, then it's going to please everybody out there. But Willie is like, no, I want this kind of cigar for this, this kind of cigar for this portfolio, this kind of cigar for this portfolio. He's having to deal with, I mean, think about it. The entire acid line to all of the Unico lines and then the Pappy lines, the Kentucky Fired Cures, and then there's this. That is an extreme range of palette that this guy is doing consistency on. If you That's go to our incredible if you go to Instagram and look at our our saved Insta story on our trip, there is a wall in the aging rooms of nothing but test Willie's test blends that over 90% will never see the light of day. Yeah. But that's where all of his creations and, and works in progress rest. And if you're like, well, how could there be that many variety? How could there be that many different blends of something as simple as, you know, a, a rolled up thing of leaves? Yaks. Drew Estate 2, the warehouse we went into, am I getting this right? I'm probably going to get it really wrong, but you can correct me. Alone, that warehouse had 2,000 tons of yes. raw tobacco stored? Yes, 2,000 th- 2, tons bailed, 4 million pounds. I mean, it's like, it's like a football field-sized warehouse of tobacco. So he literally has everything in the world to play with. Yes. I mean, (laughs) you know, talking about just what was in that aging room, I mean, you know, they just 
shelves upon shelves of finished cigars aging and then you know pedro points out everything that you see on this shelf this just 20 feet is these just test blends just you know 50 cigars 100 cigars of these test blends and you're like that is a that's ridiculous i mean just thinking you know because there's no way to say or how many they know for certain that any of these are going to be made into a new cigar. Yeah, true. I mean, because, you know, like after all, all these different blends are put together, it takes, you know, 90 days, and then they're going <coughs> to test them all, they're going to go through. And, you know, probably... Plus, you have to, when putting a blend together, you have to take into account, is this material going to be available to sustain an ongoing blend? Correct. I can make a great cigar, but if it's a one shot, if we don't have the resources to continue making this. And I'm sure that's probably one of the, you know, one of the factors that they go into afterwards is this is fantastic, but how can we reproduce it? And, and or how much of it can we make? Yeah. yeah. And that, and that, that obviously influences the price point if, you know, Certain tobaccos cost certain things. I imagine certainly in today's world with the virus and oh my god, how's that going to help or how's that going to impact? How's that? Industry? How's that going to affect things? We don't know yet. But uh, okay, what do you guys think? Price point released in two thousand thirteen and now re-released just last year in two thousand nineteen. Again, we've been talking for how long, guys? Oh man, I don't know. I don't well, know the timer going two hours. Granted, I lit I lit up to it about forty five minutes in as we usually do, but I mean this thing is a slow burning smoke. Yeah, about two hours. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's so, two hours, and I smoke fast too. Yeah, so this thing has lasted me a long time. Uh, the pepper has just continuously grown and grown. I, I haven't experienced the down. Uh, the decline of the pepper like you guys did. I'm not to the last third yet, so that makes sense. Uh, but that that woodsiness and the chocolate, that pepper and mineral on the thing. I also did get a little bit of that graham that you mentioned, Tut. Uh-huh. Uh, it showed up around the midway point. Yeah. Which even further... Yeah, just a little tap on the... on the uh, Just a little tap of the graham in the retro. Mm-hmm. And uh, that helps separate it again. There's nothing else like it in the Drew State portfolio. Uh, price point. Guess. Get in trouble. Nine dollars. I go eleven fifty. Go eleven. Eleven. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing Tut a, uh, a, a go eleven instead of eleven fifty. No, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit still. Eleven fifty. Okay. Well, I was going to split you guys in the middle because I'm going to go right around 10 bucks. And that, I win. It's a $10 cigar. That's a good price for this. That is a very, very, very good price for this. It is. Because that was a, like my first, my brain first clicked on 1350. Then I dialed it back down to 1150. Those first. Those original release, 2012, 2013, BOTLs were like 
excuse me. He's it's, got the coronavirus. It's the pepper of the cigar. I don't no, have the coronavirus. It's got the coronavirus. That's why we're social distancing. Totally know it. Uh, those things sold for crazy prices on the on the aftermarket. Hey, Cody. Yeah. Okay. Swanson. Uh, Everything you need to know, it's right there in that pyramid. And they were a crazy good cigar. I, I, I smoked the... I, I didn't get any of the 13, but I, I did get my hands on some of the original 12s. Yeah. Really good cigar. Uh, I. Man, Do you was, remember what they were? Price-wise, no. Okay. And flavor-wise, no, because I've drank probably three, four thousand beers since then. I don't know. I don't remember what a cigar I smoked last week tastes like. You can ask me to go back eight years. That's why I love us compared to other guys. Other guys are like, oh yeah, the uh, 2013 BOTL. It was like, uh, you know, the Jalapa leaves were running about 75 cents per oh, bale at that no, time. No, Half Wheel would totally be like, the the 2012 had a uh, distinct potato chip note, and this one didn't. Dude, we drink. Uh, screw screw that crap. We drink. It is a good cigar. Yeah, this is a very good cigar, and I think shit, man, ten bucks. And I and granted, I'm way behind you because I I've been talking so much, and I've had to read light because I'm talking so much. It has not been due to the construction cigar. Smoke production has been plentiful. The draw has been great. I actually haven't had to relight, and that's even considering a bathroom break. So yeah, uh, three thumbs up. Three thumbs up, especially ten dollars. Come on. All right. Mm. Okay. Well, the Templars quickly make, the Templars quickly make mincemeat of the caravan. Capturing Father Moses and all his followers. Line them up against the wall. I'll teach them what truth is, one says. Uh-oh. We know what his definition of the truth is. God, yeah. Yikes. Uh, you, you know, know we noticed that one guy over there is taking his shoulder pads off and he's putting them <laughs> The funny thing is that poor Alma's sitting there. She's like the only female in existence. I have a feeling that she's not that... She's not that risk at risk right now. The safest one in the bunch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Father Moses tells his flock to have courage, and if learning the truth is what I think it is, they're going to need it. But just, <laughs> but just as one is lecturing the caravan folks about how stupid they are for having faith, how the only truth is death. Scorpion and a deer rain on their parade, explosive arrow style. Five minute shot at five minute shot. Oh yeah, the boys are back in town. <laughs> that sounds even weird now that I say it. <laughs> Anywho, after Nadir takes out a few of the soldiers with his arrows, Scorpion emerges from the flames in a Luke Skywalker-esque Jedi robe and challenges <laughs> one to a duel. In all seriousness, are we on board now that this movie is a Western? It's, it's dis- trying to be. It's disguised as an apocalyptic feature film, but it, it's got all the tropes and the dialogue and the set. It's a Western. John Carpenter's it style. It is. 
stuff yeah. did westerns that weren't westerns. That's what this is. Yeah, but and the score here, which is now a mixture of synth and drums, suits it beautifully. First of all, I'll I'll give this movie a lot of crap deservedly, but you cannot crap on this score. This score is professional. This score is tier A. This is a legit score. I love this score. I hate the sound design. I hate the the uh, constant whine of the cars. I hate the cars sounding like monster trucks when they're going two miles an hour. But the score is awesome. You're correct. It is a phenomenal score. Tut, you just lit up a following, a follow-up smoke. What are you smoking? Uh, the Underground Paquita... Pequena? Pequena. I'm sorry, I didn't get to go on safari, so I don't know these words. Uh, Pequena? The Pequena. The underground Pequena. And I'm going to be following up my cigar tonight with one as well, as I believe Yaks is. Oh, you got one in your hand. You are yes. doing, Rock Boy, the shade. I am you, doing the shade. You lit up the Maduro, Tut. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you a little bit about it. It is the 4x44 Petite Corona, the Undercrown Pequena. It's a Mexican, on yours, Tut, it is a Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper, Connecticut stock cut and sun-cured Habano binder with a filler mixed with Brazilian and Nicaraguan filler leaves. They come in 32-count boxes, small cigar, but get this. It's got an MSRP, 32 that's way more than a normal cigar box obviously holds. $176 a box. You can get a box right now on famoussmokeshot.com on sale for $158.99. And then? Use promo code TNCC20 to get another $20 off on top of that. So we're talking $138.99 a box, which is under $450 a stick. For a premium undercrown, that's bananas. That is bananas, and this is a very, very fine cigar. I like it. Uh, right off the bat, that Mexican and that Nicaragua stuff is just kind of like it's home. I mean, it, it's telling, it's treating you exactly like you think a Nicaraguan cigar would treat you. It's treating you exactly like you think a Mexican cigar or that Mexican wrap of San Andreas is going to treat you. And it's got that little twist of that Brazil in there, which is kind of like a little bit of. Hey, it might be my second favorite incarnation of Uncrown. And you're saying this having, I know people were like, well, he just looked this up. How does you've smoked a couple of these before, as we all have? We've been we've been smoking the shit out of these. I love these things. Like when I get through with my pre-cal class, I've got about an hour before my C plus plus class. I light one of these things up, and it is a great prep for C plus plus. It is the perfect size, whether you're in the area of the country that's still freezing cold outside. Oh, good lord. All of a sudden, yeah. it got really cold here. If you're late or after, between classes, like Tud at college, or if you, uh, they <laughs> need, if you find yourself tits deep in a hellish pandemic nightmare, and you can only afford to stand outside for a few minutes before your neighbors start torching your house for toilet paper, it is the perfect cigar. Gax, you're smoking the uh, Shade Pequena. It's a also a 4x44 Petit Corona. 
you have a Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper, Sumatra binder. I'm a sucker for those Sumatra binders. I believe I did one of my custom blends down at Cigar Safari uh, at Hoya with the, I did this Sumatra binder. And you have Dominican and Nicaraguan filler leaves in yours. Uh, Jonathan Drew, president of Drew Estate, said this about the size. Corona Pequenos are short, squat flavor bombs that sit between the tin size, which we've had a lot of those small tin. Yeah. Coronitas. And they sit between the the Coronitas, the tin size, and the Robusto size in the Undercrown brand family. We could go on and on about the functionality of the short smoke during winter months, but there's something absolutely beautiful about the Corona Pequeno that is more meaningful than just utilitarianism. This cigar is a stunner in both taste and trade dress. The whole DE team is really proud of this gem, and they should be. I don't know anything about trade dress, but in terms of flavor bombs, they deliver. And when I am outside and, you know, all the uh, social distancing joggers that jog up and down the street, the moment I light up this in my front yard, all of a sudden the joggers are like making their way across the street. So it helps in social distancing as well. Uh, It certainly does. And my God, I was wearing shorts. It was 86 here yesterday. And now 49. I am freezing out here before no hope. I've got the I've got a I've got a my little space heater right between my legs. I'm 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 good. I'm gonna be lighting up a Pequeno shade like Yak Boy after this cigar. They're really good little smokes. The Undercrown is you know from the Corona Viva line, which kind of ramped up the spice. Uh, to, you know, they've, they've seen so many different variations. I believe this is the 10th year of the Undercrown coming up and watching the Drew Estate live uh, Zoom broadcast the other night. I think they're going to plan something big for 10 years of Undercrown, which they should. So yeah. As our, as our interview with JD, when he said, it's a big fucking brand. And big fucking it, brand. And it should be. Um, when I first started smoking cigars, Undercrown was the biggest thing that year that, that dropped. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to smoke that, whatever they're planning for the 10-year. But uh, I, more so than the Dogma, more so than the uh, the Shady, I really like these little Pequenos. They, they, it's a really, the, the blend works really well in this size. It really does. I mean, like you said, when... Of course, everybody's going to describe their stuff as flavor bombs, but this actually delivers it. I mean, there's a lot of, especially like, you know, the Maduro, the San Andreas mix that I've got going on with the Undercrown. It's just, you got that nice pepper on the Ignite. I mean, and then it settles down right into that San Andreas Christmas, that little bit of sweetness. You got that Nicaraguan earth going on. And then you got that Brazilian little, ha ha. So it's, yeah. What was the Brazilian? Okay. I think that might be that Aloha beer rubbing off on uh, on Tuck there. Uh, you know what was also fascinating to me at Cigar Safari? Uh, people, sorry, Tuck. Take off your headphones for a minute. Um, there was a dude or, or several people in the quality control room. Remember that guy, Yaks? Yeah, who literally felt and examined these tables full of cigars and with the slightest imperfection, the slightest 
this this doesn't feel right reject it boom rejected and i'm not going to amazing go, i'm not going to go into the details they had a spreadsheet like a, a chart up on the wall as far as how many cigars a day they reject from the rolling tables and how how do we know that how many do we know because someone asked cody asked cody asked <laughs> all right I, i'm like a scientist no i'm like wow look at all these cigars i'm like I'm looking around going but how many are they rejecting because i literally you don't think about that and it just amazed me oh it isn't one of those where they're like you know so we test you know so many cigars out of a they test every every cigar, cigar. and here's the thing Tut, they gave two cigars a rejected cigar and an approved cigar to one of the guys on our safari and it's like which yeah. one rejected and he picked the wrong one He's like, this one's perfect. This one is ridiculous. Like, no. And he explained why. And the guy's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it, is, it is a visual and sensual exercise in knowing cigars. And now what we didn't get answered, I thought what they should do with the rejected cigars, they should have a room full of bands from other country, other companies where they put their labels on them and slowly infuse them into tobacco shops as their cigars to where like, oh, this Perdomo sucks. Nice. No. So but that, amazed, that just amazed me to, to see that part when they literally, I mean, they, they said every single cigar. Now, when you're talking about that and you're talking about the guy who's like, you know, just feeling it and just looking at it and just being able to tell that's not going to make the cut. It kind of reminds me of like a musician who's got natural tonation to where they can hear, you know, what a natural note sounds like. It's in there. Like, yeah, well, I mean, there was, a, there was literally a guy in high school that had perfect pitch. And a lot of people, a lot of musicians are like, oh, yeah, I got perfect pitch. No, you don't. This guy, you could literally play any pitch, and he would tell you what note that was. There was one time where uh, I was sitting there, and you know those old school desks that had the metal buckets under the seats? Sure. So I did the whole trick where I was like, I licked my fingers, started rubbing that metal deal, and it was like, Ooh, started producing a pitch. I was like, hey, what does this sound like? He was like, it's a C sharp. Ran up to the piano, hit the C sharp. The dude nailed it. I mean, it was just, it's that kind of accuracy on something that more normal people just, we don't understand. That's why I'm kind of like, I kind of picture this dude just touching tobacco. It's not good. It was amazing. And that he sees not it, it was not just a one-man operation but yeah that they look at every cigar under that that microscope it was it was crazy how many they don't it was crazy knowing how much work went into all those cigars that he's like nope we saw the hundred or so hands that went into those cigars and, and those really, hundred those hundred hands are like what the fuck? no they never they never well, I'm sure they hear about it from at some point from their supervisors, just like, hey, what's going on here? But but no, I mean, like I said, 
you don't have to be a small factory to be craft. You don't is that to- is that where you get like the seconds and the stuff like that that comes no, off of that? That was the thing. We asked, we asked, like, is that where factory seconds or factory smokes come from? No, that's a whole nother department that strictly does factory smokes. They're they're bundled in expensive cigars. That is everything nothing- they reject is destroyed. Well, why? Because if that dude is sitting there saying, no, this rejected cigar is the cigar that shouldn't be rejected, the guy who's like trying to be like, oh, yeah, this is, if it's that good, come on. No, it's destroyed. Lop about $5 off of that thing, put it on the market, and I'll buy it. It's destroyed. It's like a chef with a, a, a plate. He tastes the sauce. Or I guess with a spoon. Geefer. <laughs> That's not Flavor Town. That's not Flavor Town. It's in the trash. It, it was it was it was mind-boggling us to see these cigars being rejected, but it was also honorable that they were that they had that step in the process. Because let's face it, you buy a box of cigars for two hundred bucks or more, or you're on a budget. You buy a box of the more inexpensive cigars for a hundred bucks, and you get a plug, or you get a, you get a, a not something. Yeah. Right. Are you going back to that brand next time? No, you're gonna try something new. That's and- one of the things that I think that's kind of like interesting. I, I'm glad that you kind of phrased it that way. You know, the whole definition of craft. You know, once you start putting out X amount of volume. Do you qualify as craft? We see this in beer as well. Like, you know, once you get so much distribution, are you still considered craft? Man, the way you guys make it sound, yeah. Yeah, you're still craft. It's kind of like if you if you could take the, the Amish furniture style and mass produce it, even if you mass produce it, it's still a craft. I mean, that's what kind of like what you're talking about. Well, you know, when, after seeing that process, it, it, it gave me, you know, really a new appreciation because, the, you know, to see that they're doing all of that so that if you do get a cigar and your cigar isn't that great, it made it through the whole process. That means it Pablo made it fucked all up. these checks and balances to, to, to get to you. And then, you know what, even if it wasn't great, now I can even say like, you know what? There was way worse ones. They didn't just throw out stuff. I mean, these people, they did a whole thing to try and make sure that the cigar you got and was good. And if you're active on social media, if somebody bitches about a Drew Estate cigar, I bought this box and this is plugged or this isn't smoking right. The first question they ask is get in touch with us because there's tracking information on that code. They can go back through the steps of the factory and try to nail what, what, went wrong? what happened and where the missing step was. They put, oh, in, wow. they put in all these checks and balances to where you know the hands that touched the cigar. You know the hands that went and got the tobacco from the receiving area and took it to the rollers. You know who the rollers were. You know who where they went from there. And you can try to fix it. I mean, it's it's so at this point such an elaborate, responsible web of 
of, of hands that touch a cigar. So, I mean, it was awesome. I wouldn't want to actually be part of that process where they go backtrack and find like, oh, so you're the one rolling <laughs> cigars. Be like Alan King and Cat's Eye just rolls, lines them all up on the table and smashes them. You! Hey, what are you, what, what are you <laughs> talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, it, was, it, it was fascinating. It was, it was, it was a fascinating process. Um, yeah. Uh, you won't be rolling any more cigars. Break his hands. Actually, no. We asked that. and they, Take they, him they, to one. They don't break anybody's hands or take them to one. <laughs> one. They they actually it, they they correct them. They they give them. A, I mean, it, it's a very. Dude, they're employees first. Yeah, they are employee first. Like we don't see here in the states. They have an on-site hospital, dude. They have the Drew State Clinic where women get mammograms and everything on site on the factory they go get their mammograms all right i have to use the restroom but i actually kind of want to pick up on the amenities of the factory stuff especially as we're approaching into this unknown territory of pandemic because all right hold that thought i'll be right back we ask uh as he's gone we can talk more about those delicious ice cold tone of beers that we were my god man how many of those did we drink i don't know i'm just glad because i when they actually brought out you know we were sitting there thinking my god we're getting we're drinking them out of everything and the van pulls up and they're just pulling out more cases of tone of beer i'm like they brought that for us good good it we're is not gonna run out it is the official beer of nicaragua i encourage you can get it here in the states at total wine where we normally get all of our beverages uh what was the other though they had one other beer of nicaragua that we drank in the airport before we headed out uh yeah. victory victory yeah uh, i like tona better but I, I thought mm -hmm. tona, but it was just because it was ice cold and delicious uh it wasn't really that hot there when we were there either so it was actually i mean it was ideal i mean during the day i think the hottest it got was like maybe 80 on one day but most of the time it was in the 70s. It was it was perfect. Before Tut gets back, also, uh, our last breakfast there, we did one of our favorite cigars we feature on the show here was the Naka Tamale from Steve Saka, which is named after a breakfast dish they serve there. We were served Naka Tamales, which is a tamale-based dish wrapped in leaves, stuffed with, God, what was in that thing? Well, they basically took like a whole nother meal and put it into a tamale. Yeah. I mean, literally like take like a plate of food and then just put that inside of a giant tamale. Like how can we make this meal better? Have you thought about putting it inside of a tamale? I haven't. Well, let's do that. <laughs> uh, it was, it was just so good. Sorry, Todd, we're trying to, fill time while you were uh, on a restroom break no all right so one of the things i was kind of curious about is that i mean i've seen the videos of uh like the fuente complex where they talk about bringing schools in and hospitals in and i've i've talked with jonathan trude where he's talked about you know all the stuff that they do for the esteli complex and it's just 
it's really amazing the transformations that they've been able to bring about and that now that this pandemic is hitting and we're reading about, you know, JD closing factories uh, or stopping factories, Fuente stopping factories for, you know, just the social distancing and, you know, the effects of, of uh, COVID-19, what happens to those uh, estate or those, uh, you know, company run hospitals, schools, are they still able to be open? Are they still able to service things? All I know is here's what we saw when we were there. I mean, you guys saw this, so that's why I'm asking. We saw that Drew State had a, a medical clinic literally footsteps away from the factory. It had a full-time female doctor who did mammograms and female uh, services full-time for all the staff. It also had another medical doctor because apparently if you, if you get sick in SLE, it's a wait to see a physician. Yeah. If you get sick uh, or not feeling well at Drew State, you go to the Drew State Clinic right there on site. We saw the doctors. We saw the facilities. They were awesome. Um, so you have that healthcare aspect right there on site, right next to a full-scale basketball court by the lunch pavilion where they eat lunch. Yagboy and I shot some hoops there one night with Ryan, the two Ryans and Ernie. Tona had a part in that. Uh, we, had, we had a few beers and they're like, hey, anybody wanna go shoot some hoops with us around the corner? Like, yeah, why not? I'm proud of you guys for actually stepping up and doing that. Shooting hoops is the last thing that I would have thought you guys would have done. You would never do it, but I was like, you know what? I'm in Nicaragua, and I thought we were going like to a school ground nearby a play a playground. No, we actually went to a very secure basketball court owned by Drew State for their employees. Thank God. Uh, I I proceeded to just school everybody. I was just locked, dude threes for day. I was like Jordan, man. I was just sinking them. Ray X? No. You you didn't hit a single goal. Single well, basket. I, I got... I can't say it any better because I literally never... The ball never actually touched the, the hoop or the backboard. I just lobbed it right over. The Nicaraguans are, are traditionally shorter people, but these goals were like 50 feet up in the air, seemingly. Uh, seriously no i mean it, they were literally like 13 feet in the air like what how is this possible i see why they play a lot of soccer uh but they, they, there was that there was dude a fleet of school buses in the parking lot they actually transport their employees to and from work yeah which a lot of companies can't do there so they're bringing them to and from work in buses they're taking care of the medical needs they're i mean it's just it was, I've never seen anything like it here in the States. I hope they're, I hope they're able to keep that stuff up and running. It, uh, seems like, it seems like so. Who knows if the Nicaraguan government is being honest about, but it seems like from what we've heard, the few, the few cases reported are outside of Esteli, that the closures in Esteli were a precautionary measure. Uh, Hell, man, we traveled that three-hour drive from Managua to Estelí. There's not a lot of yeah. folks traveling 
across country except us. Well, that's that's the main thing. Like, uh, you know, where I'm from in Lufkin, they were like, you know, there's no cases here. There's no cases here. Literally, it takes you two and a half hours from Lufkin to get to anywhere major. And the only reason why you're going to Lufkin is that you want to go to Lufkin. And so there's not a lot of traffic there. And so it, it took a while for COVID to get there. And then one of the funny things was, is that once Lufkin got their first case, man, they shut everything down. They were harder than New York. I mean, they were just like, boom, fuck this, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Hey, t- tell, uh, tell our listeners what happened to you in the grocery store today when you were looking at fish. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, so I'm up here in Central Texas, and I'm in this little town. I say that because I need a restroom break, and I think you can fill the void. Okay, so I'm in, uh, I'm in this little town, and uh, so the cool thing about small towns is that they don't get the runs that are the run-on products that we do here in urban centers. And so I'm like, all right, well, maybe they got some toilet paper there. Maybe they got some, you know, uh, some, my, my wife really likes, uh, 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 puffs with not the lotion. And, uh, so I'm like, maybe they got some puffs with not the lotion, that kind of stuff. Nope. They didn't have any of that. And so I'm looking through their stuff and I'm looking, I was like, all right, well, maybe we want some fish tonight. And so I'm like, all right, so let's get some fish. All right, look down at the packaging. First, I see one thing. I see product of China. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And then right under product of China, I see Brookshire Brothers or shipped from Brookshire Brothers. I'm out in them. Brookshire Brothers, Lufkin, Texas. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're shipping this in from my hometown? No, I'm not. I'm not doing fresh seafood from Lufkin, Texas. Not going to happen. Maybe crawfish. Maybe. Maybe cows. But not seafood from Lufkin, Texas. That's just not going to happen. So not only that, you get the double whammy. You get the product of China shipped from Lufkin. It's not, uh uh-uh. No. I don't blame you. Fresh from the beaches of Lufkin, Texas. I'd probably, sick. I'd probably eat the China stuff. There's no beaches in Lufkin, Texas. There's not. There's not. It's a strange time, boys. It's a strange time. I'll admit, though, the last thing I'm looking for when I'm in the grocery store these days is fish. No, no, no. You got to have fish, man. If you got some some heart condition stuff and you want to take care of that, you need the omega threes, you, you know, you got cholesterol issues. You want, you know, get the fish in there. All I'm worried about is matching my fingernails with my, my t-shirt. That's still kind of freaking me out because I wouldn't have noticed it until you draw my attention to it. And now I'm like, I'm noticing one hand is different than the other. Yeah, I only uh, I only had the girls uh, when you're homeschooling for the first time in your life, and it's week four of quarantine with the girls. Because spring break was one week, and now we're in I think the third week after that. You start to uh, do things you wouldn't normally do. So uh, painted some girls' fingernails, and I let them return the favor. So I had to match the shirt to the nails. And yeah, I'm not looking at fish at the grocery store. I'm looking at nail 
paint nail remover. Well, tells from the Travis Tritt tour, there might be a mugshot of me with some uh, painted fingernails, but if you can find it, good luck. Hey, we weren't there. We can't judge. You guys want to finish this movie? Not really. <laughs> well, we're going to do it. It turns out that Scorpion, he takes off that Jedi robe I mentioned earlier, has armored himself with a clear laser gun proof bodysuit. Yeah, Dis he has. Discuss. I don't need to. It's Italian. I can understand it's that it's laser proof, but why did he not need a shirt underneath it? He took everything off. It's just him in all his glory with see-through plastic over his body. Soak it in, boys. Soak it in. Pew, 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 pew. Now, the funny thing is, is what this, this is 1983 when they did this. Now, when you go back to Mad Max Fury Road, the newest installment yeah. here a few years ago, the bad guy comes out and they put on that same acrylic armor on him. And I'm like, wait a second. They got it from the Italians. That's what I'm thinking. I think so. It, it's, it's an impressive display. So one's laser beam shots aren't hurting him one bit. And with the help of Nadir's explosive arrows and the young mechanic slingshot, they start dismantling the Templar army fairly rapidly. As one flees the hell out of there in his buggy, as soon as he sees that they're getting the best of his guys, he gets the hell out of there. <laughs> Kate style. I see you guys. I see you guys going down. Deuces. I'm uh, actually cool with that. Yeah, you do the same. As one flees the yeah, hell out of the buggy, Shadow starts shooting the caravan folks one by one. They're still lined up waiting for their truth to be told or whatever. <laughs> he starts shooting them one by one and the weird thing is scorpion's watching it all go down he's not stepping in he's not he's just watching it. he's kind of hesitant well he knows what's happening well he starts with father moses shadow shoots him as he heroically dives in front of alma taking a laser beam from here i like that a religious leader talking about sacrifice in the bible who actually Jumps Does something? In, jumps in front of a woman and gives his life for her. That was kind of admirable. Like actually well, lives to the words that he's saying? That wasn't kind of admirable. That was admirable. There was. There's so many times where you're like, oh, you need to go blow up the infidels. Here, strap this bomb to you. I'm not going to like, do that. Uh, what's his face in Houston, Olstein, with all those provisions, all the toilet paper stocked up. He's like, we can't take anymore. I'm sorry. I might, get the oh, I might get the runs later. I need this shit. Uh, no, he actually talks the talk and walks the walk. That's that's rare. And Scorpion, Jesus wants me to have this surplus of toilet paper. Yes, he does. And Scorpion lets him take out several of the sect as he watches on before finally shooting Scorpion Shadow between the eyes. Nadir and the kid with the slingshot take out the rest of the Templars. Why is Nadir there, you ask? For him, the action is the juice, like Sizemore and Heath. He just loves fighting dudes and blowing dudes' heads off. 
as Scorpion jumps in his car in hot pursuit of one. Hot pursuit. It isn't long before Scorpion's car catches up to the retreating one, and using the new drill weapon, the young mechanic assaults vehicle, he's able to drill right up through the behind of one's car and shove it right up in the almighty one. Poetic justice. I guess that's what they call poetic justice. Shoved it right up his behind. Uh, the one's car slams into the side of the mountain and bursts into flames. You flame. seemed a little backed up. He did seem a little backed up. Though. Uh, Scorpion goes back to the caravan where Nadir is heading out with Vinia tagging along. Dude, after that night with cocktails and lovemaking, she's not. She's going with him. I mean, did you but see that But it's not going to last. Out what of all mean? of this, normally yeah. his, his little his little go-kart, it's a one-seater. You know how it's going to end. <laughs> he showed up with one, one seat. Seater? He's going to leave with one seat. I'm going with you. You bet I, you are. No. <laughs> I think he's okay with Vinia riding on his lap for a while. There's not a lot of chicks out here. Exactly. I mean, NVIDIA, she needs her microprocessors, you know, realigned. She needs her biorhythmic concentration exercises regularly. As do you, Yax. She's a smart girl. She's going with the right guy. Alma... Still wearing her high-cut bikini bottoms and that big teased hair she's had the whole movie. We still haven't seen nothing. Nothing. Emerges from the smoldering ashes by Scorpion's side. He's still wearing that see-through plexiglass bodysuit. I figured maybe that now would be the time where she put on that space suit, but... At least with them, we got the fishbowls right there. We could see some stuff. Instead, we've got clear acrylic on Scorpion. It's... That's why I'm thinking that maybe the hipsters are right. The hipster film theorists are right. This is a homoerotic sci-fi Armageddon post-op. A love letter to something. Post-apocalyptic homoeroticism. It's fine. Everybody needs a genre. Everybody needs something and if that's what they get from this, more power to them. As Scorpion grasps young mechanic's hand, which that gets weird with what you just said, <laughs> he looks up in the blue sky with finally a ray of hope in his baby blue, sexually confused eyes. The end. Thank God. I like this movie. I did. This movie was a waste of my time. Oh, it had its moments. Exploding no head. No movie is bad that has Fred Williamson. I'm sorry. Fred Williamson. Exploding uh, heads. Uh, cities, cities walled in by kegs of beer. Little go-karts with bulbous uh, domes with propellers that lopped off dudes' heads. Excuse what? me. Let me Let me recreate one scene here. Said I was sorry for that. I didn't know that was coming. (laughs) 
I thought it was a fun, not crazy doom and gloom look at the apocalypse that we might right need right now. Well, I'm sorry. It was a crazy doom and gloom. I mean, they had a whole cult of homosexuals like bringing truth to people. But with some uh, other accoutrements that we don't normally see in these movies. I did the best I could with the resources available to me at the time. Tut, give us some links. Yes, he gave the links. No, he gave us uh, Famous and TNCC. Where, where can people find more about us? All right. First of all, if you want to do some shopping, go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Hit the Amazon banner and do your shopping from there. It helps Ooh. us keep the lights on. It doesn't cost you a thing. Also, if you are doing some uh, cigar shopping, click on the famoussmokeshopbanner.com for every order that you do that's $100 or more. Enter the promo code TNCC20, and you will get $20 off that. That is basically 20%. Uh, by the way, if you're going to join us on Facebook, hit us up at TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. If you're going to subscribe to us on YouTube, do a little search for TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Subscribe to us right there. Uh, join us on Instagram at TNCC underscore podcast. And then you can follow us on Twitter at TNCCCast. I think you did it well. Um, folks, this is our first stab at this uh, new type of broadcasting. I, I hope it works. I hope we can get this show to you on iTunes and YouTube uh, within a week. If you were one of the few who kind of discovered us unadvertised on Facebook or YouTube, I think we're probably going to keep doing this. If this was, if this actually worked, I'll actually promote it and make you aware of it moving forward. <laughs> um, so you can join in the discussion. I'll give you the movie we're watching a little bit in advance so you can join. Oh, that'd in. be cool. Yeah, I'll join. Uh, I'll let you know what we're watching so you can join the film discussion. I maybe will let you know we're drinking. You can grab a similar beer and I'll let you know what cigar we're smoking if you want to join us. And hey, if you're like, you assholes, that's not mineral, that's pencil shavings. You can comment. Okay. Put us in our place. Let us know why we're wrong. But uh, this is all just so new. Um, and like By the way, you guys hanging in there? Are you guys hanging in there? As far as surviving? Yeah, this whole pandemic thing. Uh, I'll admit, in a moment of honesty, it's it's tough with kids. And it's you worry, you worry about them and and if. They don't know what's going on, but you, you kind of, you know, we didn't have any shit like this to deal with when we were their age. So that adds an element to it that's that's uh, different and challenging, but um, you deal with it the best you can, and that's kind of what you signed up for. But um, luckily, at least, I don't know where you're at, the state of Texas has considered liquor stores an essential business. Finally, 
Finally, our dumbass governor did something right. He's even letting them deliver to our house. Cheers. Oh, thank you. So a few things our government has done that I'm like all on yeah, board with. I imagine it was so the alcoholics don't occupy, end up occupying the hospital, much needed hospital beds with the the tremors and the shakes. But I'd like to think it's for all the parents stuck at home with their fucking kids and gotta keep keep things going. Keep going. <laughs> um if anybody ever denies a bond or says to you openly that teachers are getting paid too much, <laughs> F you. Punch them right in the goddamn mouth because I see now why school's over at three o'clock. <laughs> so the teachers can go drink. When I'm about to lose my shit every day, I look at the clock and it's without a doubt 301. And I'm like, this is why it's over then. This this is why it's time to come pick up my kids. Anything past three o'clock, that's, <laughs> that's when you snap. That is when you snap. Uh, teachers, educators <laughs> are saints brought to us from heaven above. And I can't wait for the day where they can be reunited with our precious children. And it'll be glorious. But thank you. Thank you. I can't believe I'm saying this. Thank you, Governor Abbott, for doing, <laughs> for doing the right thing and, and keeping us uh, supplied with the teaching utensils. <laughs> with this fabulous teaching juice. This fabulous learning juice. Uh, it was the right thing to do. And on a side note, it was the right thing to do. There's so many, especially in 2020, small breweries that would sink dead in the water if he didn't allow them immediately, like swiftly. Government never acts swiftly. He swiftly, Texas has the most archaic, bullshit, Just religious, bullshit, yeah, alcohol laws. You can't buy shit on Sunday. You can't do this. You can't do that. No, no, no. Quickly, all of a sudden, breweries are delivering beer to your house. Mexican restaurants are giving you margaritas to go. It is fabulous. Why couldn't we do always do this? Well, hopefully, this will open up his fucking eyes to be like, you know what? That really didn't cause anything but happiness. <laughs> Maybe we should keep this going. I don't know. It's more tax dollars in the state. Everyone's yes. happy. Every other fucking progressive state is not only are they delivering weed to your house, all we're asking for is goddamn margaritas. You asshole. Just let us keep doing this. Oh my goodness, we got a comment from uh Brooke Von Lowe, longtime listener. Yes, uh, Denver's prohibition lasted about an hour and a half last week. So wait, Brooke, they, you get weed, but you can't, they, they cut down the, the, I'm curious how that works. Like you can get, no, weed. apparently they were like, no, fuck that. Let's let everybody get some alcohol up in there. I just can't believe they had strict alcohol rules considering how liberal they are with, with weed. Oh, um, well, that's kind of true. 
Um, but yeah, we we're finally able to to drink like Texans are finally able to drink like the red. Makes no, I can't even say that with a straight face. But uh, we're normal now. Hey, a fucking conservative politician who's never done anything right finally did some shit right. So I'm going to give him credit for it. That should be. That should be. Um, God, he's done so much wrong. But he did one thing right. Um, yeah, uh, let's keep these bars and uh, small restaurants afloat. If you are able to, I encourage you, like my family does, three nights a week, we order from a local business dinner. Dude, they're really good at the, the curbside. You call it in, they bring it out. Dude, hell, we did it today, Tut. Tut didn't have the cigars for the night show. I met him. He pulled up next to me in a car. <laughs> I fucking handed it to him with a child's crane hand. I thought you were joking about that. That was funny as hell. Dude, we never got within six feet of each other. It was beautiful. Uh, if we just take that approach, I think it's so different and so necessary. I think we'll be okay. If we're not, then at least we've got this. I'm stocked up. I'm fine. Um, well, boys. Except for that fucking toilet paper. Come on. Yeah, dude. It's still, I, I still haven't found any. And I just keep shooting squirrels in the backyard. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a lot of kitty litter, so I'm, I'm good. Uh, we're really raking up our points with our female demographic tonight. Tut's pooping in litter boxes and Cade's wiping his ass with squirrels. Okay. <laughs> um, it was good seeing you boys. I haven't seen you actually face to face in quite some time, but I guess I can't wait to get back to the corner of no hope. I can't wait to get back to O'Brien's Irish pub in downtown historic temple, Texas, because we need to, this is okay. And we'll do this as long as we need to do it. But, uh, yeah, this sucks, and I don't like it. And, and like I said earlier, a lot. I tell you what's I tell you what's weird because I'm like not, I, I I'm kind of like that scene in Dirty Dancing where I have my my space, my personal space, and you never get in my personal space. And then when I first started hanging out with you guys, you guys are like the mafia huggers. You're like, hey, come here, yeah, how you doing? How you doing? That took me like three years to get over. And I'm like, all right, so I'm finally comfortable with the, hey, how you doing? Uh, hug here. And then today we show up and you got this crane that you're holding out so I don't get next to you. It's fucking weird now. Yeah, I don't want to touch you. And I know you haven't been anywhere in weeks, but I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> Cody, Cody, Cody came to that, uh, Yak Boy came to the house to get tonight's cigars. And he's like, I'm here. I'm like, yeah, they're in the mailbox. Don't. Uh, I've seen you before. I know what you look like. <laughs> I don't need to come out there. It's so crazy. Uh, well, we'll see how long this lasts. And in the meantime, if this if this format works where it actually sounds good and, and, and looks decent, 
we'll uh, put this out on iTunes and YouTube next week. And we'll try again next time and record live. And I'll let you know what's going on. Maybe you can add a little bit more. Thank you to Rev, Mike Morgasm, Brooke, uh, Stephen Finley. It's a... Uh, Old Bob. Tom, Andy Bailey. Uh, Andy Bailey, yeah. Bob the Scar Guy's son, Stephen Finley. Uh, everybody who, who chimed in tonight. Like I said, we didn't promote this. So anybody who just kind of found us on accident, we appreciate you chiming in. Um, thank you to Drew State for the Cigar Safari experience. Absolutely, and, yes. Uh, I'm so glad we snuck that in before the shit hit the fan. Um, my God. Yeah. And and honestly, I had trepidations because I mean, this, this shit was there, but it was low risk at that point. And Cody, I think you'll agree with me, it was worth the risk. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I'll even agree with that, even though all I got is a hat and a t-shirt, but you know. Once our custom blends have aged the appropriate amount of time, we will let you sample. Cody, are you going to give him one of your custom blends to smoke? Well, of course I am. Yeah, I want to do a give, blind give man. A, I want to do a. I want to do a blind man. Both of your custom blends lined up. That way, I can be like. Ah. And of course, mine will clearly be the better, but we won't go into that now. No, yeah, Tut Tut will do a blind test. My blend versus your blend, and he's gonna just love the shit out of my blend. It's ninety-five percent Omatepe. Yeah, but I'm actually a Lajero guy. And it's ninety-six percent Lajero. All right, maybe my math class is fucking up here, but that doesn't add up. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, we'll do this again probably next week. We've got nothing else to do. Can't go nowhere. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Cigar uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. We wish you health and safety and toilet paper. May the wings of liberty... I can't say it without... My... May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. I get up, go to work.